Are you sure? Sports Radio 560 WQAM Miami Fort Lauderdale presents the Neil Rogers Show. Are you sure? To talk to Neil, call 567-0560, toll free for Dave and Brown, okay. or pound 560 on your cell phone. Sure. The opinions of Neil, his guests, callers, or anyone else on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WQAM, Beasley Read Acquisitions, or the Beasley Broadcast Group. Now, Neil Rogers on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, time once again for Dan Quayle's Family Values Theater, illustrating how to be traditional even in the 90s. Wasn't that dinner great, kids? Yeah, Mom, those are the best hamburgers you ever bought. Better than the pizza you had delivered last night. Well, what are you kids up to tonight? Drugs? No, Dad. I've got my bulimic group and tomorrow night's lesbian scout. Uh-huh. Son, you need help with that scale model serial killer you're building? Some other time, Dad. Cindy and I are going shopping for condoms. Oh, sounds like you're getting serious about that girl. Oh, Dad. Well, I think your mother and I will relax and watch some porno movies. Gee, you two are the best parents a kid could ever have. Thanks, Dad. Oh, that's quite all right, dear. Thanks, Mom. That's quite all right, dear. Join us again next time for Family Values Theater, where life is a figment of the vice president's imagination. Oh, the bad news is Quail to quit the race. God damn it, man. I was just getting excited about him, you know? He's going to quit the race. He's got nobody wants him, and he's got no money, and he's a moron and a jackass and a simpleton, and he never stole a freight train, and there's still nobody wants him. He's out. Another loser. So anyway, speaking of that, boy, we got a lot of losers around this place, I'll tell you that. Boy, have we got a lot of Are you sure? positive. So at any rate, before we get into that OJ business, oh my, I've got I got so much stuff here today, I might not have time for too many calls. But at any rate, George is going to tell us about his appearance at Prime Co. on Saturday. Come on, I hear it was great. I hear the turnout was sensational. I hear that they were knocking down doors, that they were like coming in from all over uh, the Tri-County area to avoid that. No, seriously, what do you expect? Gary Sarner, by the way, did I mention today? He's an asshole. Did I mention that yet? No. And, of course, he'll blame the nephew, and the nephew will blame Sam, and this one will blame that one. And uh, how about let's blame Sam-itis? We haven't seen him in a long time, thank God. That's our poll question, by the way. Who's the bigger asshole, Sam Douchebag, our promotions guy, or Sam-itis, the former IOD sales hole? Now, that's tough. That's nip and tuck. That's right in there. And, by the way, Phyllis, we're on to you, okay, sweetheart? Oh, but we'll get to that later. The water Nazi. Her and her, uh, Roy! Boca Brian's listening, by the way, and I'm sure he is. A great comedy bit idea for you. Remember Neil Rogers' disease? Remember that? Uh-huh. Lee Fowler? Uh-huh. Remember all that stuff? How about uh, O.J. Simpson disease? Because we have three people in this building who have a terminal case of O.J. Simpson disease. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So anyway, George tells me that the only thing that the people, the handful, the small handful, wanted to find out that showed up at Prime Co. on Saturday was uh, did he actually go to the swing club and did he do it? Did he do it? Now, why does anybody care about your sex life, by the way? Why, why should anybody care? They don't have one of their own, apparently. That must be it. I can't imagine anybody's sex life I care about less. Well, I mean, I probably can think about some, but, I mean, talk about boring. And it's got to be boring. That's why he's got to keep dragging his wife, getting her all uh, liquored up, and schlepping her to these swing clubs because he's got no sex life. Because like most other married stiffs, if you pardon that expression, after a while, yeah, it starts getting a little stale. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about the aroma. I'm just talking about the experience. It starts getting a little moldy and stale. And speaking of appearances, by the way, our Center One campaign kicks off October 1. 
uh, as it does each year here on this station, which means the best in the LCDs will be at your spec stores all over town. Have we found out yet, by the way, are they going to do it at the specs over in uh, Fort Myers since I found that store on the list? We don't know yet. Oh, we don't know yet. Are we going to find out by Saturday? I would hope uh, that would be nice. So anyway, our first appearance is this Saturday at the Specs in the Sawgrass Mills Mall, noon to 2. I'll be there. George will be there. And uh, maybe someday Sam, the uh, promotions man in our sales department, they'll all get together. We'll get a memo on this, get some information about what's going to be going on there. We'll certainly have the best of the brand-new one for 1999, which has got some great stuff on there. That'll be this Saturday, noon to 2. But anyway, so George goes out to do this appearance at the Prime Co. in Hollywood, walks in the door with our uh, promotions department such as it is and they all look around going like in fact i'll tell you exactly what they said when the whole group walked in the door they said who the hell are you yeah yeah the whole group both of us yeah the whole group walked in and they said who the hell are you right who are you and what are you doing here what are you doing here another in the latest list i mean a long long agonizing list of embarrassments here at 560 wqam isn't that what our program director said as he sniffled out the door here this morning I mean, shuffled out the door. Another in the long list of embarrassments, humiliating and degrading. And what are we going to do about it? Oh, it's a fight, Greg. It's a fight. Oh, this place. I'm going to tell you something. Every time people over the years have said, you really got to write a book. And I was like, yeah, yeah, everybody writes a stupid freaking book. But you know something? I think the time has come. There has got to be a book written. And I mean, this place all the other stuff put together. I've only been here a little bit less than two years. October 1 will be two years of the contract starting, so let's say it's two years, just for argument's sake. But these two years have supplied more material for me to write volumes than all the other years, IOD, WSnews, INZ, Zeta, KAT, put together. It's no contest. It's a no-brainer. In fact, when I think of this place, that's what I think of, no-brainer. Make no mistake about that. It's right from the top. Right from the very top. That's why, you know, he keeps, uh, you know, sticking that finger in that hole because there's no brain in there. Remember Frankenstein? Well, guess what? I saw a little bit of that again that was on the other night, late at night. Frankenstein. The original? Yeah. With Colin Clive. Now, was it Igor? Was his, was the character's name Igor? <laughs> now, wasn't that the same guy that played, uh, um, Renfield? Wasn't that the same one? Wasn't, it, wasn't that the same so. one? Because the uh, character that played the doctor, whose name I'll never remember, was the same. His name is uh, Edward Van Sloan. Played the doctor in Frankenstein. Not Dr. Frankenstein. The, uh, the doctor with the white-haired warrior. He played uh, uh, in uh, Dracula. Van Helsing. Professor Van Helsing. God, does anybody know what I'm talking about? No. No. Uh, what, what do these people want, by the way? No idea. WQAM? QAM? WQAM? Hello. Yes, sir. Hi, is this George? Yes. Hey, George, how are you doing? Great. Listen, I have a, uh, a confidential memo from Clear Channel. Okay. The stations. I want to fax it to you. I thought you would uh, enjoy this. I love it. 305 uh-huh. 650 uh-huh. 0198. 0198? Right. Okay. Thanks. WQAM? Hey. Oh, hold on. Oh, and by the way, the interesting part about this, which I'll get to the uh, Tom Jick article and the whole Phil Henry business, the interesting part about it, as usual, when something goes on in radio in this market, where do you hear about it from? Oh, God! Even the people in the building over there didn't know about it until we had it on the air. That's how inside our information was about the new lineup changes at Stupid Talk and about uh, IOD, which, by the way, now that they're putting the Russian Dr. Laura on IOD, that's like the last nail in the coffin. 
Make no mistake about that. Hello, QAM. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, good morning. Um, I am so upset with the Miami Herald. I canceled my subscription this morning. About what? What do they do now? In the Broward section, uh, front page, big letters. Uh, here's this lady that's uh, crying about her son that got killed by the uh, cop in Cooper City the other night, 3 a.m. in the morning, breaking into the guy's house. Uh-huh. And uh, she says she doesn't have money to bury the kid. And the Miami Herald puts it on the front page. How, who cares about this This low-life um uh, Come back. Yeah, well, that comes in the middle of the night to break into your house while you're in the house and, and unfortunately gets killed. She's crying what a great kid he was. Yeah. And, you know, he Never made a couple a of mistakes. Train. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, it, I was so upset with the Miami Herald. Plus, their their new um, uh, format really uh, sucks. I, I can't find anything in, in, yeah. the, in the paper. They, and if you notice today, they got a whole section telling you how to read the newspaper. <laughs> They've done Did that for that. They've done that for the last four or five days. Oh, really? I haven't even looked at it. new newspaper, how you're going to love it, you know, yada, yada. Only newspaper in history that had to put a special section in there to tell you how to read the newspaper. Pathetic. So what am I supposed to read now? What do you you find is the best newspaper to read? Here? Well, I mean, if you have to get it from out of town, even. None. None. Toronto Sun. I've never read it. Great paper. paper, Great paper. A little right wing, but a great paper. Well, I, I got a chance. It but it'll have no, it has no relevance to anything going on here. There is no newspaper here. Get used to it, man. There's no paper. What happened to the Hollywood Sun Tower? Like no, I said, the newspaper. Yeah, have a great day. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. What was the guy's name that used to do? Ed Plasted. used to be a sports guy for the Hollywood Sun. I know it means nothing to you. He used to wear these plaid jackets, and I wondered if it had to do with the fact that his name was Plaidstead or whatever his name was. Huh? Somebody out there will remember who he was if we ever take another call. Oh, yeah, I've got so much to say about that. i got, oh, let's move along fast. Get all these trading spots on today. I am woman and hear me roar if you don't open my door. I can do anything that a man can do, but I don't want to. Oh, the female sex is a lot more class, unless we're looking at a male stripper's ass. <laughs> I'm a 21st century gal, but I can't get my VCR. <laughs> well, I am not your hooker, but you're still going to pay special thing in a darn good weapon. Because my body belongs to me until I get dinner and a movie. <laughs> I don't sleep around until I do a credit check. And I have a mind of my own once I change every two seconds. And I'm not afraid to ask for directions because I can't read a map. And I stand behind my man so I can nag him as much as I can. <laughs> and I can fight in combat, but I can't kill a fighter. <laughs> I'm alive, but I will fake an orgasm. Because I am the real McCoy, except for my boobs and my face. And it's going to get hot and sweaty for the opening of a new shoe store. And I'm very proud of my age, which is none of your frickin' business. Oh, this is the best. Thank you so much. Thank you profusely to the guy that, uh, <laughs> that faxed me this uh, internal memo. Although it does say at the top, go canes. Now, that's kind of sad. How about those canes? Oh, too bad about that. Oh, maybe he means go as in uh, don't miss the bus. So here's the internal memo from the inside from Clear Channel Broadcasting, which fits right in. Oh, but before we get to that, so getting back to OJ, got so much crap here today, man. I mean, we're just loaded with crap, heavy duty. So on Friday, we're rolling along, singing our usual song here, doing the show, and uh, George starts getting all these calls on the inside line, the outside line, the bat line, uh, lines that haven't even been activated yet from out at the uh, golf tournament at Lago Mar. 
let me let me give you a little background on this again. Let me set the stage. Months ago, what was it? Maybe four months ago. Tracy Caraceto, how convenient that Tracy's not here anymore, by the way. And screw Ann Winnick, our sales manager, such as she is, who's got a lot of naked pictures. They come in here, and uh, when the show ended at 2 o'clock that day, and they come up with this idea. Oh, well, you know, we know uh, you're big on Center One, and we do the thing every year, the fundraiser, and we uh, got a great way to raise some extra money for Center One. It's this golf tournament. And, of course, my first reaction, being a big golfer myself, I thought to myself, a golf tournament? What the yeah. hell do I have to do with that? Oh, no, you don't have to do anything, but uh, we can raise a lot of extra money. And, of course, they didn't mention we can go out and sell it and get sponsors on it and, you know, siphon some more bucks into the station that way, too. This is a way we can, you know, financially exploit your Center One campaign. Of course, they didn't say that. And somewhere during the conversation, one of them mentioned, oh, well, you know, we can get O.J. Simpson. Uh, you know, I said, if O.J. is involved in this in any way, shape, or form... I don't want anything to do with it. I'm sure that Center One doesn't want anything to do with it. They won't take the money. We don't want to be involved with no ass murder, okay? Okay, okay, no problem. It was just something that uh, or somebody mentioned. That, no, no, thank you. No. Okay, I was assured at that point, absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, OJ would not be appearing, would not have anything to do with this goddamn golf tournament because uh, otherwise, and, you know, just stop and think of the sponsors too, by the way. Who might be a little bit. Oh, man. Because I understand this morning from some of our salespeople that at least one and maybe more of our sponsors stormed off the course as soon as they saw the axe murder out there on Friday, pissed off and fired up. Not to mention that the people at the Center One were psychotic and that I was psychotic and anybody else associated with this thing and promoting it. See, I don't want to speak for anybody else. But I have a feeling, just like I told you about Mandich and right out of the box, he ripped OJ and ass. Nice going there, mad dog. Yeah. I don't think anybody on this radio station would have read one promo or gotten involved in any way with promoting this golf tournament if any of us had known that O.J. was going to be there. Oh, man. Not to mention the fact that L.T. was there, too. Kind of like a Jimmy Johnson event, you know, as many scumbags as we could find around. They rounded up and brought him in. Too bad Demetrius Underwood was busy up there stabbing himself up in East Lansing. We could have gotten him out there on Friday, too. So the phone starts ringing around 1.30, and uh, we're getting spy reports from out there at Lago Mar. Guess what? OJ is here. And we're going, you got to be crapping us, man. Now, let me just say this. Come to find out that all the media showed up, too. And you people in the media, what a bunch of suckholes, like I've always said, you are. As soon as they found out that he was there, boy, they all come there. They got their their live cameras out there, and they got the the, um, the, the boom mics and uh, the mics in his rectum. All over the place. Embarrassing. I'm, I'm humiliated for you. So they can go out there and suck his ass. Let me say it again. I want to apologize to any of the sponsors who got involved in this because I can assure you, I, like I said, I can't speak for the guys in the morning or Hank or anybody else on the station, but I just have a feeling, knowing the way the sentiments are and the way people talk around here, I don't think any of us would have even dreamed of promoting or getting involved or behind this thing if we would have known that he was going to be there or involved in any way, shape, or form. Oh, man. With this golf tournament. See, I know I know it's hard for you to understand some of the people in this building who suffer from O.J. Simpson disease. I don't want to mention the water Nazi and the screw Ann Winnick and Roy. those three in particular, the triumvirate, who are part of Greg Reed's inner circle. They suffer from a – maybe that's why. Maybe it's contagious. Maybe when they're sitting around having those circle jerks, whatever they're doing, those three, uh, maybe, maybe they uh, contract it there, you know. Like, maybe it's like uh, genital warts. 
By the way, are genital warts contagious? Very highly. So there you go. So warts new, Phyllis. So the fact that they've got this problem, we don't want to be, we don't want it inflicted on us. I mean, if you've got that problem, go home and do your O.J. Simpson blow-up doll. And, you know, I guess, I guess, Roy was excited that day because when he saw that big black dildo and he came in here and grabbed it, he thought it looked, looked kind of like O.J.'s. Oh, man. That's why he ran out of here uh, squeezing and fondling it. And the uh, dildo, too. And screw Ann, I don't know what her thing is, except maybe it kind of like, Roy! has something to do with that. I don't know what that's all about. But we don't want some axe murderer inflicting on us embarrassment. Nobody in America wants anything to do with this scumbag. And you'll notice, by the way, he's not moving here now. That's the new news. Let's hear it for that. Oh! It looks like he's moving here. And you want to know why? Because nobody would sell him a house. Every time it looked like he was looking in any neighborhood, everybody got together and said, no, no way, Jose, you sell him the house and, uh, you know, you'll be six feet under. Don't even think about it. We don't want you here, you axe-murdering son of a bitch. You. Oh, man. And all this bull crap. Well, he was found not guilty. He was found guilty in the civil trial, okay? He was found responsible for the deaths of two young people, his wife and Ron Goldman, okay? He was found guilty in a civil trial. So one out of two ain't bad. And if it wouldn't have been for that dark-complected jury they had and the incompetence of the prosecution in Los Angeles, well, he probably would have been uh, doing, he would have been uh, playing golf out there on a goddamn uh, correction course uh, links, whatever they got. Think they have a golf course wherever he would have been? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. He'd have been out there with the mobsters, eating Chateaubriand and playing. And by the way, I understand he's got real bad arth arthritic knees. Oh! Let's for that. He's hobbling around. And nobody, except except for the lowest of the low, except for the silliest of the silly, except for the most pathetic of all. And by the way, I will find out, before I'm through with all of this Sherlock Holmes business I'm going to have to do, I will find out who it was that brought him in. Come to find out, he was brought in a big, big, long stretch limo. How do you like that? I wonder who's paid for that. Can't afford to be paying the Goldmans and the Browns. Can't afford to pay that money he's supposed to pay based on the verdict in that civil trial. They're not getting any of his money. They're trying to sell his old jock straps, all his old Heisman trophies, everything. They still can't get any of that money out of this murdering son of a bitch. But somehow somebody footed the bill to bring him in there in a big, big, long stretch limo to make sure it got as much publicity as possible. It's almost like you get the feeling, not that I'm paranoid, but almost like somebody was trying to stick it in our, Rectum. you know what I'm saying, stick it to us. Like, we're going to show you a thing or two. And see, the reason that this stuff goes on here at WQAM is because nobody ever has to pay for the consequences, ever. Oh, maybe, you know, somebody, if they open up a big mouth to the program director, they get suspended for a couple of days. You know, they go to, they send them off to FU, you know, for a couple of days. Teach them how to speak proper to the program director so we don't squirt so many. But, I mean, somebody does something grotesque like this, and it seems to me that if I found out who was responsible for this, I'd fire their ass right now, right on the spot, because it subjects us. And as far as this business about, well, you know, if Neil wouldn't have put it on the air that he was there, let me tell you this. Mandich was out there doing his show from the golf tournament. They had him parading around, strutting by. Uh, they were calling you, uh, wanting to know if we would put him on the air on the phone from out there. How do you like that? All the local TV media was out there. Yeah. Just by coincidence. I wonder how the hell they found out about it. They were there too soon to have found out about it by listening to me. So obviously somebody tipped them off, just like they tipped off with Diana Ross, that, that, that farce she put on over there at Heathrow in London at the airport because she got frisked. 
just can't get enough publicity. And like I said, puts us in a real bad light. Here's your sports station. Here's WQAM consorting with this scumbag that everybody hates like poison. Here's this charity golf tournament that we're doing, allegedly for a good cause. And here's this scumbag comes up there and makes a spectacle out of it and brings in all the media right in the middle of it. And like I said, there is nobody here who will make anyone accountable for it. That's the sad part. Tragic. Humiliated. Grossed out. Nauseated. Disgusted. But what is there? To, what, what can you do when you're dealing with people? You can't get through to people. There's an old saying that I like that applies in this place better than maybe any place I've ever worked. Where there's no sense, there's no feeling. There's no sense here. There's no common sense. Everybody's got their own little empire. The the uh, the the promotion guy who does nothing, Sam and the nephew, they got their little empire in there. And by the way, remember when we came here, and we saw that we first came up on this floor and we saw the big office for the uh, promotions guy and the nephew, the big promotions room in there, and the program director was sitting at his little high chair in a, in a little tiny cubicle that's like not too much bigger than a phone booth. That's like a message. And, of course, the lie at that time, one of so many lies that are told here on a very every moment of every day, the lie was, oh, well, that's where Sam's working out. That's going to be a production studio. He's only in there temporarily. <laughs> right. Here it is now, like uh, many, many months later. Are they building a production studio in there? No. Is he in there temporarily? No. No. This is Greg and his boyfriends and girlfriends. Don't you folks understand that? How this radio station has ever gotten to this point is one of the great miracles in the history, not just of broadcasting, but the human frickin' race. It, it's amazing. It's astonishing. It is shocking. Not because of our management, but in spite of it. Every time, it's like it's like if you don't go out and take a walk, and every time you take another step, somebody puts a hurdle in front of you that you have to jump over. Like that big metal thing they had sticking up out of the road in Alapata where the guy got killed, the truck driver, you see that? Because that's the South Florida effing way. They can't do it slow, they can't do it fast, they just do it half-fast. And that's the way we specialize here at QAM, half-fast. So good. I'll tell you one thing. It's a good thing that that OJ episode happened about 1.30 on Friday and not like 11.30 in the morning. Because the steam was already pouring out of my ears and I only had about 25 minutes to kill yet. Oh, I shouldn't have said to kill. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And thank God that we had Lawrence Taylor in there, too. We had LT. All the scumbag, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Remember I was telling that guy that last week? The guy from Amsterdam who was chewing me out about I don't want to go on vacation where there's all nothing but black people. Birds of a feather flock together. And guess what? Scumbags flock together, too. You know what I'm saying? Neil God. Dear Pants, <laughs> I don't think I like you anymore. No. You used to watch me shave. Now you do is stare at the floor. Oh, dear penis, I don't like you anymore. It used to be you and me, a paper towel and a dirty magazine. That's all we needed to get back. Now it seems things have changed, and I think that you're the one who blamed dear penis. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> 
He sings. Hey, Rodney. I don't think I'd like you anymore. Cause when you get to drinking, you put me places I've never been before. Say, hey, Rodney, I don't like you anymore. Why can't we just get a grip on our man-to-hand relationship? Come to terms with truly how we feel. If we put our heads together, we just stay home forever. There, penis. I think I like you after all. Oh, and Rodney, while you're shaving, shave my bones. <laughs> 1034-560 WQMO. This memo, the internal memo from Clear Channel Broadcasting, this is one of the all-time best. Effective October 4th, 1999, this is the weekday programming lineup on News Radio 610 WIOD. Then, of course, we'll get to the uh, lineup for Stupid Talk 940. IOD, which they basically butchered and uh, just, you, you can smell it. You can smell the bloodbath all the way over here from the causeway. South Florida Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m., Dr. Laura Schlesinger, 9 to 11.30 in the morning, South Florida's Midday News Report, 11.30 to noon, which I think includes Paul Harvey. How come he let Paul Harvey off of here, Peter? Is this Now, is this from Peter or is this from uh, Gabe Baptiste? I'm not sure which of these, uh, you know. Lard-ass Limbaugh, fat-ass Limbaugh, noon to 3. South Florida's Afternoon News Report, 3 to 7 p.m., Sports Talk, 610, 7 to 10 p.m., and Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Are you ready for that? <laughs> Seven hours of crazy people seeing little Gila monsters crawling out of windshields of their uh, tractors. Crazy people <laughs> in the desert. The nightly 610 uh, program, sports program, will uh, expand one hour. Super Talk, 940. Super Talk 940 WYNZ at South Florida favorite, Phil Henry. Are you sure? Positive. Two, Jim Rome's Jungle Program now will be heard live. Oh! On October 4th, one of South... And you notice, I'm, I have no compunction about promoting this. I've always done that. All the years that I've been on the air, promote the competition because they all talk a big game. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to kick your ass. You know, something ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. But we'll get to that. On October 4th, one of South Florida's most talented talk personalities, what uh, talked about talk personalities, will be returning to local radio. Phil Henry, who entertained thousands while infuriating many, will be heard on Super Talk 940 WINZ AM. Premier Radio Networks, owned by our company, recently announced the purchase of the syndication rights to Phil Henry's daily radio program, which currently is broadcast on KFI Los Angeles. In South Florida, the show will be heard live Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Super Talk 940. The nightly program will then be replayed weekday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon. Even though Phil was in South Florida for a relatively short time on WIOD, he made a tremendous impact. There are hosts on competing stations, Neil Rogers for one, who claim he is the very best. In fact, Neil features Phil on his own website. Did I ever say Phil was the very best? No. No. Is he great? Yeah. Is he the very best? No. No. Uh, replaying the previous night's program will give thousands a chance to hear Phil, who normally could not. Of course, that's because of the, not just because people are going to bed at that hour, because their signal at night blows and nobody can hear it, especially in Broward. Phil is such a major talent that we couldn't pass up having him on the same station with Rick and Suds, Brooke Daniels. <laughs> and Jim Rome. 
At 12 noon weekdays, the Super Talk 940 will broadcast Jim Rome's The Jungle Program. We've been broadcasting the show on a tape delay basis on WYOD. It gets great reaction. The only complaint we've had is that it's a tape delay. Like Phil's show is going to be in the morning. By moving this program to Super Talk 940, we accomplished a great deal. Many who wanted to hear him, uh, Jim and his callers live will now be able to. The fact that this is an outstanding sports program broadcast when the sports station, WQAM, is not providing sports programming is an added benefit to South Florida listeners. Jim is a proven winner. <laughs> or as Hank calls him, Romy. Romy. You know Romy? The combination of Phil Henry and Jim Rome will be a tremendous one-two punch against Neil Rogers. We will win. <laughs> now, let me ask you something. Is there anybody in this audience, I mean, sure, Phil, especially in the beginning, going to get a lot of people tuning over there to see what he's doing, and, you know, it'll be fun, back and forth, no problem with that. But Jim Rome in the noon to two hours, is there anybody, do we have the sports nerds listening to this show? No. Do you people over there understand who my audience is? No. No. The only people ought to be concerned about uh, Jim Rome being on noon to three is, I guess, anybody that's doing a you know, sports show from two to three. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the people over there are laughing. What's Barry Jackass? I bet he won't be laughing now. They won't be laughing at laughing now that they got Jim Rome to deal with against the two live Jews there in midday to slice up that little pie even thinner, to slice up that one and a half percent even a little bit more. But we will. We will wean. Also joining the station lineup starting at 1 a.m. weeknights is talk personality Ed Till. Oh, my God. He is currently the late-night host at Los Angeles talk station KLSX from early in the morning with Rick and Suds throughout the day with Phil, Jim Rome, and Rook. <laughs> Even late into the night with Ed Till, Super Talk 940 becomes an energized and consistent entertainment machine. A big, gigantic entertainment machine steamrolling you, just bulldozing you, bullcrapping you with entertainment 24 hours a day, rolling over the audience. The daily lineup for Super Talk 940 will be Rick and Sud 6 to 9 a.m. See, now, now why does it say 6? It's 5.30 to 9 a.m. Even in his own memo, he can't get it right. Get it right, Bolger, you jackass, you idiot. He's an asshole. Jesus Christ. 5.30 to 9 a.m., Rick and Spud. I heard them this morning, and believe me, they need the added help from me. Trust me when I tell you. Oh, God. Uh, Phil Henry, 9 a.m. to noon. Are you sure? On tape. Jim Rome, noon to 3 p.m. Brooke Daniels, <laughs> 3 to 6 p.m. <laughs> Tom Likas, who, by the way, will be leaving. He will be leaving. Uh, that's right. When is there, It says even on here, it says the Likas show contract ends soon and will be replaced. 6 to 10 p.m. Phil Henry, alive, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And Ed Till, 1 to 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Have you ever heard Ed Till? Let me tell you who Ed Till is. Years ago, in fact, um, I can't think of the guy's name. There was a guy who was the PD at WGBS when they were doing talk, when I was at WS News, and this guy was obsessed with me. I mean, just obsessed. Ken Mulder would know the guy's name. I can't think of who it was. But anyway, he used to bring, I, I was working 8 to midnight, and at midnight, when you're doing a four-hour show and it's freaking midnight, you want to go, go to hell home, you know, or go out and eat or something. You want to get out of the building anyway. And all of a sudden, I would look up. It would be midnight. I'm getting ready to get out of there. Which there's there with his 357 Magnum uh, shooting bullets in the wall. And this maniac brings this Ed Till guy in. Oh, you got to listen to his tape. He's great. He's going to be. And I, you know, and I, I couldn't avoid this guy. He kept bringing him by, bringing him by, inflicting me with Ed Till. This guy, he has worked in Pittsburgh. He's worked in Dallas. He's worked in 8,000 different markets. How I don't know. I guess it goes to show there's no talent out there, and gets fired everywhere he goes. He is, he makes Brooke Daniels sound like Walter Cronkite, like a female Walter Cronkite. That's how bad Ed Till is. Let me do the break, okay? 
Because when we get back, I'd like to challenge you people, both at Patchen and Clear Channel. I'd like one name, please. One name. Two years now. In fact, it's almost two years today, because wasn't it right early October that we went over and the Paxton uh, took over from Cox with IOD? Two years later, the Paxton people, the Clear Channel people, with all your resources, with all your ingenuity, with all your smarts, name me one, one. I'm not talking about opening up a pot and putting Howard on over there on uh, on uh, Big. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about one local talk personality that you put on the air, that you brought in new. I'm not talking about people that were there already, like Rick and Sons. I'm talking about one new person that you brought on who, who's a talent, who has a number, who has an audience. Name me one, and then we'll do business. This is 560 QAM. Oh, I'm having such a nice time. Oh! Sabre with a black as a van, I want you hop inside my company car. I got the ticket, the tax, and it's not in my hand. I'm gonna make it, you a radio star. I'm Walter Sabre, baby. I can do anything I wanna do. I'm your consultant woman, and I'm gonna be consulting you. I'm giving that show, I'm a crap show, and a formula. I've got the formula, I've got the power to mold and control. Alright. one in my mouth once. 10.45 at 5.60 WQAM. So, so anyway, speaking of Karen Kay, anybody heard her lately? No. How about Greg? Oh. How about him? How's he doing? How about Mike Church? Heard him? No. Now, I don't even know the names or remember the names of some of the other people because I was during my seven-month hiatus when I wasn't here very much. But they have had coming and going a succession of losers, and not, not the least of which, by the way, who is still amazingly, astonishingly part of this great new award-winning lineup. <laughs> Now, there's a new trend that comes out at 2.30 today, so I'll have all the numbers tomorrow morning. But there's a new trend that comes out, which will be two months of the summer book. It'll be uh, June, July, and August, which July and August are part of the summer rating book, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if she owes points by now. This is a person who got canned there the first time because nobody was listening to her because she's a no-talent bitch. Now, Pete Bolger runs into her across the street from us at Tire Kingdom one day uh, while they were uh, getting inflated or something. And, oh, yeah, would you like to come back to work? Sure, why not? Okay, great. You know she's on the wrong station, don't you? She ought to be on Waxy. But that's an inside joke. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but at any rate, so, uh, you know, and here she is uh, taking the Rick and Suds numbers from the afternoon, and they're going down and down and down and dropping like a rock. The number of people, you could you could run out a goddamn telephone bo- uh, booth and have room left over with the size of the audience she's got left. And let me say it again. Phil Henry, on tape, great talent, no mistake about it, but on tape, syndicated. Jim Rome, syndicated. Brooke Daniels, don't belong on the air. 
like a syndicated, even though he's going bye-bye. In fact, that's how that's how bad he is that even though it's only uh, not even the 1st of October yet, they're already saying that when the contract is up at the end of the year, he's going bye-bye. Art Bell, syndicated. Name me one local person that they've put on the ear, Paxson and Clear Channel, who's got an audience, who means something in this market, who's a talent, who's got ratings, who's bringing in lots and lots of revenue. Can anybody name me one? No. No. In two years. In two years. Nice going, Pete. Excellent. You know what, Pete? You're still an asshole. And as far as this bull crap, you will win. I got news for it. The Jim Rome people aren't the Neil Rogers listening audience, okay? I hate to break the news to you. I know that's going to really break your heart. Jim Rome, I couldn't give a crap less about Jim Rome. And as good as Phil, well, let me just get into the uh, Tom Jacob piece here, you know? Because it's great about, you know, nostalgia is a wonderful thing. And we think back about, oh, wasn't it great when so-and-so was on? But you know something? Nobody is great all the time. And when you're doing something that requires a tremendous amount of skill, when it goes over big, you know, like all-you-can-eat Negro, it's spectacular. you got the audience eating out of the palm of your hand. We're on the floor. We're laughing. We're peeing in our pants, including me. But it doesn't happen that often. Oh, how could you say that? Because it's true. So there'll be some people, especially in the beginning, like next Monday morning at, uh, I'm assuming Monday morning at 9 o'clock, they'll probably play a show from, uh, I don't know, from when, Friday night? I have no idea. I'm here to give him all the promotion I can. He's a good guy and a great talent. I have no problem with that. Everybody's got to make a living, you know. Henry Wackiness is back, writes Tom Jicka. So anyway, it comes to be 2 o'clock. The steam is coming out of my ears on Friday about this OJ business. And now George tells me Tom Jicka wants you to call him. This is the same Tom Jicka, by the way, that all through the summer, oh, I know he's a big shot during the summer. They send him out there to Sun-Sentinel, sends him to L.A. He's got to check out the new TV lineup. He's got to write 60,000 articles about the new TV shows because that's television, you understand. We're not important. We're just a bunch of radio nerds. So when the spring rating book comes out, and we have another fantastic book here on QAM, especially on this show. Does he write a word about that? No. Uh, he's busy in L.A. And don't get me wrong. I like Tom. I've always liked Tom. I get along fine with Tom Jicka, except for the fact that he's stupid. Except for that. Hey, he's telling me that his kids are telling him, oh, Neil, you ought to hear what Neil's saying about you. I like Tom, and for his kids out there, he's got nice uh, kids, okay? He does. What are you smirking about? He's got nice kids, I think. I don't know. I don't think I ever met him. But at any rate, don't take it personal. It's it's just business. It's certainly not personal, even though... He's uh, the FCC thing that we're allegedly getting fined 35 grand by the FCC for a bunch of innocuous stuff that we played, including the foul mouth dolphin thing that I've been playing for seven or eight years. Did he write a word about that? No. Did he ask me anything about that when he called me here on Friday, by the way? No. No. I, ju I just don't understand it, Tom. Was there any interest in that story? No. Major story. Certainly, if it was big enough to be an R and R in the uh, in the Bible of the business when it first broke that story, that's how we found out about it before the FCC bothered to tell us. And, of course, it's still in limbo, and the lawyers are going back and forth. Can we say crap? Can we take a crap? You know, but it's a big story. Local radio station may get fined 35 grand by the FCC for all those all these things. Tom can't discover it. No. Can't find it. No. So anyway, he calls me 2 o'clock to ask me, of course, about the Phil Henry thing. Henry Wackiness is back, writes Tom in Saturday morning's Sun Sentinel. Beginning October 4th, Radio Rebel returns to local airwaves and syndicated show on WYNZ. 
Phil Henry is coming back, and all news radio is going away in a lineup shuffle involving two prominent radio stations in the Miami Fort Lauderdale market. Let me interrupt my reading, by the way, because there's an interesting word that Tom uses in there, shuffle. What do I, what do I always say about Pete Poulter? That's his favorite thing. Shuffle that deck, shuffle the deck, shuffle the deck. Keep, he did it when they had the light bulb. Instead of putting somebody on the air under the age of 100 who might attract an audience under the age of 200, just keep moving the people around. Speaking back of the old GBS days when they had their very short-lived uh, attempt, their ill-fated attempt at competing in the talk radio market, when they had Alan Burke and David Gould. Some of you old farts remember remember those days. Uh-huh. Some of you talk groupies uh-huh. remember that. Lee Fowler, rest in peace. And and what they would do is the ratings would come out. They have no audience, you know, like one shares, point five shares, uh, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, him too. And so they would take the same people and move them around to different day parts, like shuffling a deck of cards. And that's what Pete Bolger does. Just keep moving the same people around. Shuffle over here. Put it on INZ. Put it on IOD. Now, the interesting part of it is, remember when they made the initial shuffle? When they took the all news from INZ, put that over on IOD, they took the talk from IOD and put whatever was left of it, along with their awful retreads, and put that on INZ and come up with this stupid talk thing, which people don't even know what the goddamn call letters are, by the way. Stupid talk. Anyway, Tom Jicker goes on to say, Henry, whose specialty is hilarious impressions of three or four wacky characters debating volatile issues, left WIOD three years ago to take a job in Los Angeles. He became such a sensation in the nation's second largest market that his show is now being syndicated nationally. It'll be heard twice a day on WIOD's sister station, WINZ AM 940, Stupid Talk. Henry's live program will air from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. A rerun will be presented the following weekday morning from 9 a.m. to noon. This will put the final two hours directly opposite Neil Rogers on WQAM AM 560. Rogers, who once was Henry's lead-in on WIOD and has been his biggest booster, is unfazed. Now, here's where we get to where Tom makes a little mistake, okay? Generally speaking, Tom, you usually quote me fairly accurately, but I did not say this. It won't affect me at all, he said. People who want to listen to Phil will tune them in live at night. They're not going to listen to tapes the next day. That's not what I said. That's part of what I said. I said in the beginning there's going to be a lot of interest, and people will go over and sample, and they'll be tuning back and forth. The reason that they're going to be tuning in in the morning in Broward and not at night is because they can't hear the signal at night. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. So this is a very convenient excuse for the people at Clear Channel to say, oh, we're not just trying to knock off Neil Rogers because we're desperate and we can't come up with some new talent to put on there against him, and we got to run tapes of the same show from the night before of Phil Henry, but we're doing it as a service to our listeners because of that crappy signal we got at night that nobody can hear. Getting back to Tom Jicka's article, he goes on to say, Characteristically feisty, Rogers said as soon as he heard Henry was being syndicated, he expected Clear Channel Communications, parent of WIOD and WYNZ, to pick up the show. They're desperate. What else do they have, said Neil. In fact, wasn't I saying it almost every day here that they'd have to be crazy not to pick up Phil Henry? Okay. Wasn't I say that every, okay. every damn day? Okay. What's going on? How come we can? And wasn't I, who were the first ones to tell this audience, to tell this town that they were syndicating the Phil Henry show? Who was the first one? Hey, oh, God. There you go. Going on to Tom Zicker's article, he also took a swipe at his own employer, meaning me. You can quote me on this. Our worst enemy isn't on the outside. It's on the inside. Rogers was furious that O.J. Simpson was playing Friday in a celebrity golf tournament co-sponsored and promoted by WQAM. Two of the current staples of Super Talk, Rush Limbaugh and Dr. Laura Schlesinger, are moving to WIOD, which has been an all-news station during the daytime. 
WIOD's news blocks will be limited to morning, 5 to 9 a.m., and afternoon, 3 to 7 p.m. drive time. After a half hour of news, another half hour, including the 15-minute Paul Harvey report, will run from 1130 to noon. The rest of the day, WIOD will also present talk programs. Limbaugh, fat-ass Limbaugh, <laughs> will continue in his customary noon to three slot. See, so like I said, now they're moving this stuff back and forth, back and forth, IOD, INZ, INZ, IOD, back and forth, shuffle it up and down the dial, up and down the dial. Schlesinger will air from 9 to 11.30. A sports talk show hosted by Phil Latzman. How do you like that? Phil Latzman. There's a guy. You know him? Phil Latzman. Yeah. The only locally originated talk on a station will go, oh, how do you like that? The only locally originated talk on a station, meaning IOD, will go from 7 to 10 p.m., followed by the syndicated Art Bell Coast to Coast, also moving from INZ to IOD. The off-the-wall paranoia and conspiracy-fueled discussion of UFOs, alien invaders, and other paranormal activity will be live from 10 to 2. Three hours of Bell highlights will fill the void till the morning news drive. <laughs> so you got seven hours of crazy people on the Art Bell Show, 10 at night till 5 at which nobody can hear it anyway, thank God. Jim Rome's sports show out of Los Angeles is moving from tape delay in the evening on WYOD to live in midday on Super Talk. Rome will be heard after the Henry rerun from noon to 3 p.m. Brooke Daniels, astonishingly, now, now Tom doesn't say this, but he should say it. <laughs> I'm saying it. Astonishingly and amazingly, shockingly, Brooke Daniels will continue from 2 to 6 p.m. in spite of the fact that she's blown out almost the entire audience. People are heaving all over town <laughs> just with the idea that that nauseating pitch will still be on air with that cackle, that obnoxious sound. That real, real obnoxious Jappy sound. He's abroad. The syndicated Tom Likas program will also retain at 6 to 10 p.m. slot, but only till the end of the year when the current contract runs out. A local talk host will be sought to fill these hours. And based on their track record, I bet it's going to be somebody great. <laughs> A syndicated program hosted by Ed Till. <laughs> A newcomer to South Florida will air from 1 to 5.30 in the morning when Rick and Suds will kick off the new day from 5.30 to 9. All the changes are scheduled to go into effect next Monday, October 4. You heard it here first on Friday, right here first on 560 WQM in spite of our management. This is 560 QAM. Dagger, old one bob, hanging Johnny, fishing rod, tally whacker, pocket rocket, one eye trouser trout. Oh! Ding dong, ankles, tanker, pork, sword, engine tanker, Harry, hunt dog, Davy, pocket, let them all hang out. Wang, wahoo, weenie, whacker, pecker, peepee, kidney, cracker, heat, seeking moisture, missile, giggle, stick, love, whistle, tube, steak, uncle dick, this is getting really sick, I'm not through, there's one more, purple helmet warrior. Thanks for genitalia, you know the girls think of them and you gotta love them. Thanks for genitalia. There's always something silly about little Willie. Hey, thanks for trying to tell you. You know the girls think of them and you got to 11-1 at 5-60. WQM Hank will be at the school this afternoon, 2-6. Talking baseball. Oh, thank God. We're not going to be doing too much more of that. At least not about Marlin baseball.
It's almost over. You can all, just, oh, it'll be so good when that pain stops, you know. Talking baseball with Donnie B at 6, and then can you just begin to imagine? I want you to stop. Put your thinking cap on right now. Just imagine the number of people that are going to be sitting gathered around a radio at 6.30 tonight when the pregame comes up, and then at 7 o'clock when they throw the first pitch. The Marlins at the Montreal Expo. <laughs> this could be one of the great audiences in the history of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I bet you in your broom closet you've got room for more people than are going to be listening to Marlins Expo's baseball at 6.30 night here on WQAM. Well, the sports embarrassment never stops, but at least the baseball ends very soon, only six more games. And by the way, aren't we thrilled? That uh, looks like the Marlins just aren't going to lose 100 games? No. That's just amazing to me, the uh, BS that they try to put over on the public. You're supposed to be happy, by the way, that after losing 108 games last year, the Marlins already have won 62, and if they win just one more of their last six games, they won't lose 100 this year. God, I'd go out and buy season tickets just based on that right now. Team that won the World Series three years ago, and then, uh, you know, here's what you got. A Little League team. Now, you'll notice, by the way, that we took a couple of calls there early, like spontaneously, like, uh, you know, a little mini lightning round, and it was okay. We actually got some good information there. But I have a lot to say about uh, what this show is all about. And, you know, something, the Phil Henry thing, I think, in the long run, might be the best thing that happened for me. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Because I bet you I spent at least seven minutes over the weekend thinking about this. Well, maybe four or five. Thinking about what's wrong, you know, with the, well, first of all, radio in this market, as you know, sucks to begin with. So I think it's great. It, it, it injects a little bit of excitement again into the whole radio business. Even Tom Jicka. How do you like that? Who's, of course, much too big for us radio people. Stupid. Even he writes a, a column Saturday that I just read about a radio event here in this town. When's the last time that happened, huh? Ten years ago, Sukkis? So it's good to have something, some, something alive. On the goddamn radio. It's alive! Like they said in Frankenstein, it's alive! Not too often, not too many hours of the day. But anyway, I was thinking about what's really bad about radio, about talk radio anyway in this town. And you know what's really bad about talk radio besides a lot of the so-called talent? The calls. See, there are some people out there, oh yeah, if it wasn't for us callers, you... no, if it wasn't for the listeners. The listeners are the ones who count, 99 and 9 tenths percent of them who will never call under any circumstances, which is very obvious, by the way. You can beat them silly with a baseball bat, and they still won't call. And when you stop and think about it, would most of you call? Would I call a talk show? How many times I called the morning show once when I was driving to work here very early on? Some hockey thing. It was back during the days that they were doing the hose job on Brian Murray and licking his body parts, and I called them because I was psychotic over something they said. That was back before the uh, days Geldy grew up here. Nice going, Geldy. Oh! And thanks for the news that Alan McCauley is going to play. Oh, I was very nervous about that. But then you don't want to hear about that. They don't know who that is. But anyway, uh, that's about the only time I can think of in the two years that I've worked here that I've ever called in. And why would I? Why, why, why would I say, well, and in my case, I don't have to wait on hold. If I call in the station on somebody else's show, like on Hank's show, and I tell the producer, hey, it's Neil, they'll put me right on here. I don't have to sit and wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But the callers, stop and think about the quality of the calls. And how many times have I talked about the sports callers? Oh, you think that we get bad calls many, many days, and we do. But the callers on these sports shows, they're enough to make you want to put a gun to your head, or theirs, or both. Terminal. Ponderous. Hey, Andy, you think the Yankees are, is Levon going to win 20 games? And that's one of the better calls. Terminal. 
ponderous, puke-inducing. This is the problem. And when you're saddled with the local market, and you've only, and, and again, when you don't even have an 800 number, see, this all goes back again to these people who who had a free ride for too long. I'm ecstatic. I hope that they're. I hope they got June Allison as the uh, standing at the doorway now to greet them every morning. I hope they're peeing in their pants because everybody's coming after this place now and long overdue. They've had a free ride for a long time. They stepped into a bucket of, and they didn't even know it. They couldn't even smell what it was. All they knew is that all this money was rolling in here, and all these big ratings were rolling in here, especially during the middle of the day, and it was uh, filtering out the other day parts. And did they do the smart thing? Did they do what makes any sense? No, what they do. I heard Mandich on Friday, who had a five-and-a-half-minute segment, not a five-and-a-half-minute commercial break. He had a five-and-a-half-minute segment and was going on wailing as only he can do yes! about the fact that, you know, he had done all of this homework and read all these articles and put all this, you know, made all these notes for things that he wanted to talk about Friday because he knew he was going to be doing the show. And he said, why did I bother? I'm only on for like five or six minutes at a time as kind of a buffer in between commercial breaks. So, so basically what we've done here on this station, I can't speak for any of the others, we've trained the audience. It's like an endurance contest. Not only can we get you to call and say something fairly intelligent or entertaining or amusing or provocative, whatever, but can we get you to hold on through some of the longest commercial breaks in the history of the business, certainly in the history of AM radio. I mean, for a long time now, FM radio, because they like to do those long, oh, we got a 20-minute uninterrupted music suite. Well, the reason they can do that is because they jam up a whole bunch of spots every time they do their commercial break three times an hour. So FM has been doing that for a long time, just like they do on Howard Show. But on AM radio, the idea of a 13-minute break, a 9-minute break, unheard of. I was telling you this morning before the show, back in the IOD days when we used to have a five-minute newscast at the top of the hour, remember those days? Uh-huh. If we had three or four people on hold at the end of the hour, along would come the newscast, and as soon as they heard the ID and the news sounder and the Henry Burroughs voice or Jennifer, whoever it was, you could watch the lines drop off, and you'd have to start when you come back after the news. You know, a couple people would call back in, you'd have to start over again because they knew that they were going to be on for an interminable period of time, plus waiting for you to talk to whoever else was on hold, and they just weren't going to wait. In addition to which, stop and think about the nature of the people who will wait and who can wait. You, fo you follow what I'm saying? How often have I talked about that? People who will wait for like 35 minutes who basically don't have much to say in the, in the, in the first place. I have no life. Exactly. It's like they're holding up a billboard saying, I don't have no life, so I'll, I'll stay on here for two hours if you want me to, Neil. You'll be sorry when I get on the air because it's going to be one sorry-ass call, and I'm uh, you know, going to... See, the callers are what's entertaining. I know that comes as a great shock, and it's always fun. You know, I've got this group of people out there that love to give me this song, and it is, oh, no, you're so wrong, Neil. What we listen for is you ripping up the callers, ripping them an ass. That's bull crap. That's a lot of garbage. I can think of days when I've left here, and, and during the course of those shows, and there have been so many of them, and people calling and saying, oh, boy, it sure is tough today. I mean, these people are sure. Right. So many of those days. When you're on in one market, you don't even have the 800 number, like I said, to talk to people who may be listening on the on the Internet, who may be uh, over in Fort Myers, to to expand the you, – you've got to have a ton of people out there. If we were, uh, you know, syndicated on 25 stations or in five or ten markets and had an unlimited number of phone calls, then you can go through like 7,000 phone calls in an hour. You know what I'm talking about? 
But when you're sitting here talking to yourself and you got like one or two people on there and you're pumping the numbers and pumping, and I hear it all the time. I heard Rick and Suds doing it this morning. I heard one call on there all the time coming to work. I heard uh, Defoe doing it this morning on the worst team, pumping that number. Why? The callers, generally speaking, 80% of them, I would say, just to pick a number out of the air, the callers suck. They have nothing to say. They're not interesting. They're not funny. It's like the guy that called here last week or the week before. Very early in the show to give me a song and a dance about his problem parking in downtown Miami and they charged him too much. I could sit here and hear radio dials in my head clicking. I could hear the audible sound of people clicking, reaching and twisting and turning and yanking their radios in the off position. That's how boring you were, sir. You were just, you were puke-inducing. You were sleep-inducer. To be continued. 10 after 11 at 560 WQM if you want a great meal. By the way, speaking of great meal, before I do the spot for Emerald Coast, what are we doing for lunch today? Now that you and I are both porked up over the weekend. Nothing for you? Whatever you want. I'm not eating. You're not eating, huh? Painfully fat. Really? Can't tie my shoes. Too bad. I'll eat. I guess we can't have Atlantic City subs in again, then, if we're, you know, you're not going to participate. I'll eat the guts out of that. Okay. Yeah, you're so full of crap. I'm not eating, but if you're going to have, if you insist, yeah. He'll eat the guts. Anybody out here want to bring their guts? George will eat them. Hello, this is Bob Dole. You know, a few years ago, I had prostate surgery. Initially, I was worried simply about recovering. Then I began to worry about the post-operative side effects, like erectile dysfunction, ED sometimes known as impotence, also referred to as whiskey wiener, leg of limp, soft serve, down periscope, wobbly willy, flaccid flagpole, heading south, spaghetti syndrome, limp biscuit, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. But there is help. You need to see a doctor with a little courage and proper treatment. He can help you achieve an erection, sometimes known as a boner. Often referred to as a stiffy, hard time, pocket rocket, granite gumdrop, concrete crawler, roll of quarters, a chubby, pitching a tent or being harder than Chinese algebra. And when you do get help, there's no reason to be ashamed because there's now hope for men and their partners. Hope that they'll soon be able to have intercourse, sometimes known as sex, often referred to as the humpy dance, bumping uglies, hiding the salami, splitting the uprights, the tube steak boogie, getting some on you, matching mad, you know... Taking a trip to the mound. So remember, it's a little embarrassing to talk about, but with a little courage and a few creative euphemisms, you too can leave behind the soft rock, get yourself some hard salami, and ride the baloney pony into a bright new future. I'm Bob Dole. Thank you. I do like hard salami, by the way. It's 1116 at 560 WQM, so here's a fax <laughs> from one of our fine sponsors. Chewing out John Penis, by the way. Ripping him an ass for not uh, servicing his account. How unusual, huh? I don't want to mention who it is on the air. So anyway, speaking of on the air, the poor guy, very astute facts here, by the way, about the uh, private memo over there at the uh, Queer Channel. Now, and this must be uh, this must be from the inside over there. Oh, I don't know. He thought he thought he was talking to you, the guy that sent me the facts of that uh, memo. I was on the air, sir, so you're probably going to be fired. We're very sorry about that, but hey, that's the way it goes. When you call a radio station, you're probably going to be on the air. I'm so sorry about that. Am I sorry about that? No. Well, that's the way it goes. He probably didn't work over there. Probably uh, found it under his, like we find all the memos. It's the janitor. It under the door. The janitor done it. The dog done it. So anyway, getting back to this thing about the uh, phone calls, and I noticed, by the way, as soon as I said that, the phone stopped ringing entirely, which is okay. 
because I took a few calls there in the first hour, and my new approach to this show is going to be, unless we get an 800 number, unless we start doing something, you know, to expand our horizons a little bit, I'm going to take a few calls here and there, and the show is going to be a lot more of me and a lot less of you. No, seriously, that, that's what it needs to be. Now, when you do your fill-in, you do whatever the hell you like. You want to, you know, go on there and talk about, you know, your experience at the swing club and every grotesque detail. That should take about five minutes, just about like it took you. But when you stop and think back, all these years, I mean, the classic, the great phone calls that I've had over all these years, 23 years I've been on the air in this town. How many stand out? The bridge tender. The scooting lady, which, to be honest with you, that wasn't all that great to begin with. And uh, and then the guy that we had, which I'll play in a little while. I'll kill some minutes. The fraternity guy who wants to run naked on the beach with his buddies, which is only a few days ago. We had that one. The dingo lady. Eh. Made a promo out of it. Yeah. That's four in 23 years. That's like That's like one every six years. I'm talking about calls that are really memorable, that are either really funny or really provocative or, or really something, yeah, like that. One every six years. Do you have any idea how many phone calls you have to go through? Just stop and try to figure it out. How many calls could you take in six years to go through and come up with the four in 24 years? One hell of a lot. Watch. I proved it. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, wow, got right through. Uh, I think it's a great idea what you're thinking of doing. I didn't hear the, you know, the delay there from when I turned off my radio to now, but uh, in that moment, I don't know what else you added to what you're thinking of doing, but I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, um, I've been wanting to say that for a long time, but I didn't, I didn't know how to approach it. Well, I mean, I've got a zillion things to talk about, and one of the great frustrations of my doing this show is that I'll sit here most days, the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, sometimes 40 minutes, if I'm on up with a lot of stuff, and I'll talk about all kinds of stuff that I think I'm, is really important and will really get people going, and then the first call will be some crap that has nothing to do with the, exactly. the In other words, how many times have you heard me say, I'm doing one show and the callers are doing another show? Exactly. They've got their own agenda, which most people aren't interested in what they're talking about. Exactly, and that's why I think it's, it's fantastic. Excellent. I, I uh, hope you, you know, keep it going. Okay, thanks. Okay. See ya. See, there you go. How many, how many, if I could count the times and the amount of frustration that I've gone through because I come on here and I'm just wound up like a maniac and I'm just pouring my guts out here and the first call will be, uh, somebody say, yeah. Or the first call will be, Maricone, you know, like that. See, I realize that you people, meaning you, of course, and your people, you don't have much to talk about that we can relate to besides, you know, refried beans, stuff like that, which we don't care about. But uh, that doesn't mean that they don't listen. They're out there listening. They just, like most of the other people, have nothing to say. So when you have nothing to say, maricone. Okay, we got the message the first 45,000 times, you know, in addition to which, bugarron, I think, is much more colorful anyway. I just like the way you can roll the R on that. Bugarron. Oh, I just, mm. No, sir, I get I get sexual excitement. I get like, uh, oh, man, emotional just thinking about hearing somebody say that. And and usually the sad part of it is it's always some old spick. That's the sad. See, I don't get excited about old anybody, especially old spicks, because they're the worst. Oh, man. they You know, one word that they don't understand? No. I've told you that before. No. They don't understand. It's not in their vocabulary. Now, like I said, tomorrow I have a meeting, tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock, with the powers that be around here. And if they want to, you know, if they want to try to help uh, assist, do anything for this show, which they haven't done, nothing. Two years I've been here. Have they done anything other than what they were demanded to do, other than what was in writing? Anything? No. No. 
And you know what? That goes back to it just like your appearance on Saturday at Primeco that we had to make into a big joke here on Friday and mention about 600 times because nobody would tell you anything about it. I mean, George will take the money. I mean, make no mistake about that because with what he's getting paid around here, you take the money too. But, you know, for, for the same amount of effort, you can take the money and you can go do something good so that they might want you to come back again someday. As opposed to going there, walking in the front door with uh, your buddy there and they say, Who the hell are you? Yeah, which makes you feel uh, like, you know, right from the outset, you have a feeling something's wrong here, you know. Something's not kosher. This isn't exactly going to be a major event. It's like I said before, this Saturday, noon to 2, we're going to be at the Sawgrass, at the uh, Specs in Sawgrass Mills Mall for our first Center 1 appearance of the year. We'll have the brand-new Best Daniel 99. And we're going to also have those keychain things. Are they going to be ready, I hope? I haven't heard anything negative about it, so I assume no one has said no, they won't we be We have ready. those great little nifty keychains that have buttons on them where you can, you know, have Oy. some of your favorite sounds Ow. from this show, which are going to be really neat and nifty. But today is Monday. I realize Saturday is a, a long way away. It's way, way down there, you know? So God forbid that anybody in promotions or anybody else involved in this thing should give us a little bit more information or have a memo out on this. And, you know, the little dog made a good point. Uh, we were out there in the hallway with a little gripe session there last uh, Thursday or Friday about the fact that our promotions people do absolutely nothing, zero, zippity, doodah, because they're part of the privileged group, because they got naked pictures of a uh, Greg. But wouldn't it be nice if we had memos about everybody else's stuff? Wouldn't that be great? So that when Hank is making an appearance, they're going to be doing a show out at so-and-so. Or when Joe was doing an appearance, remember? Joe and Geldy, I think, were doing a thing on Saturday out somewhere, which we heard them talking about. Did we have anything about it in here? No. Did they have anything about your appearance in there? No. No. See, there's a word that they don't understand around here. And you want to know they don't, why they don't understand? Because nobody has forced them to understand it. I mean, I feel now like I'm going on this lecture again that I did two years ago, shortly after I first came here. The word is effort. Put a little effort into what you do. Don't just show up and take the goddamn paycheck, Sam. Put a little bit of effort into what you're doing. That's why, you know, this thing with that golf tournament, I, I could write a whole chapter in a book, I mean a lengthy chapter, just about the golf tournament. And who was it that wasn't doing a job in promotions so that Roy came in here on the air that day and was getting into a big – while I was on the air. And also happened to throw in, oh, how come you don't want O.J. and stuff with that crap? Because Roy Roy and O.J. are joined at the hip. I think they're the same person. Maybe just gained some weight. So why did that all transpire? Because we, the, the talent, none of us, were reading the promos on the air for this golf tournament that took place last Friday. And you want to know why? Because nobody gave us any information. Nobody knew nothing about it. Because, once again, somebody who's got a privileged life, who's got a free pass, who's got a scholarship, whatever term you want to use, who's got a job for life, didn't do his job. See, I have a difficult time reconciling all of these things. I really do. Knowing that there are some people, some of us who come in every day, who try to be conscientious, who really take a little bit of pride in what we're doing, even though it's here. And then there's there's a whole bunch of these floaters. Floaters. People who are just kind of floating their way through life, taking an easy paycheck, getting laid as much as they can, getting as much head as they can, and uh, getting ahead in life, I guess is their uh, motto. And they're enabled to do it with the management that is either weak and spineless or ignorant or oblivious or 
uh, conspiratorial or what are all of these things put together? I don't know. I think I'll find out tomorrow. But it's tragic. And like I said before, now that you got people coming after you from all different sides, Greg, they're not just going to sit back and give you a free pass. It's not like what you do with Sam and some of these other people here, just giving them a free ride, a free lunch. It's not like that. There's competition. There are other people out there who want those dollars, all those millions and millions and millions of dollars that are pouring through this place. There are other people who want their piece of the pie. So whether it's those goofballs down there with their make-believe station down there at 1700 or whether it's a Pete Bolger who all of a sudden thinks he's a broadcaster because he can put Phil Henry on for six hours a day and Art Bell on for seven hours a day and think he's got radio stations, whatever it is, it just keeps chopping up and chopping up and divvying up whatever piece of the pie you got. So the 2-5 share becomes a 2-1 share, and then maybe it becomes a 1.8 share or whatever it becomes. I mean, sooner or later, somebody's got to, like, stand up and say, you know, maybe you're, maybe Neil's got a point. Instead of just maybe Neil's a miserable son of a bitch and a hard ass, and we hit him like poison, and he's a, he's a prick, maybe instead of just that, maybe he's got a point. And maybe some of these people around here ought to be doing something. And one of the things that I take the greatest exception to is that when you ask these things, like when George had the audacity on Friday to ask, well, what's going to be going out there at Prime Co.? I mean, are we giving stuff away? Has anybody made any arrangements? When you ask something like that, instead of having somebody say, oh, yeah, well, let me get you the answers, it's like, oh, are you making trouble again? Are you starting up again? You little prick. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're with Rogers. We should have known you're going to be a pain in the ass. You're part of that routine. See, we're not playing the game, okay? We're not playing the game. We're going to do it the right way. And if you guys want, you know, you can be left in the wilderness. You can be left in the dust, in the entrails. We're not playing the game. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? They say our love is taboo. That what we're doing is wrong. But I don't care what they say. Because my love is so strong. They tell us we should be ashamed. We're not husband and wife. But I cherish each moment with you. I'm so glad you're in my life. You're my prison bitch, my prison bitch. You're not like other men. No. I'm glad we share a prison cell when lights go out at 10. I can't accept the way I feel, now that would be a crime. As long as I am doing you, I don't mind doing time. Cause you're my prison bitch, my prison bitch. And I have no regret. I got you for a candy bar and a pack of cigarettes. At first you were resistant, but now you are my friend. I knew that I would get you in the end. I guess that you were sent from up above. Yeah. 
So I get a phone call from one of your very best personal friends one day late last week. I don't want to say who it was. Somebody you admire tremendously. Somebody who I know is just dying to buy you lunch one of these days. Or maybe breakfast. I think breakfast can be even cheaper than lunch. Yeah, like at the drive-thru in the Burger King, you know, one of those, uh, whatever those things are. Rimmer. And he says to me, oh, yeah, who are, who are those two people you were talking about, your best friends? No, no, you see, you're already laughing. Well, you'll, you, you'll die. You'll just die when you hear this. I said, my friend's Dave and my friend John. Oh, I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> George has changed underwear three times in the last 16 seconds. Is that is that the most? I mean, yeah, the Rimmers are good friends of mine. They're nice people, especially uh, Mrs. Rimmer, Farrell, wonderful person. Rimmer, he's, uh, you know, he's what he is. But, I mean, this to me was, and he was serious. That's the best part of the whole deal. He was serious. My best close personal friend, Jeff Rimmer. Unbelievable. It is. It really it just it he was serious. I thought I was your best friend. First of all, I mean, isn't that a little bit juvenile anyway, this idea of I mean, do you have friends that you oh am I your best friend? Hey, your very best friend? That sounds like really um I don't do know. that for me, I'll be your best friend. Yeah, right. Right. If you buy me another meal, I'll be your best friend. Whew. Heavy duty. 22 till noon. And by the way, I understand through the grapevine that they had an eight-minute commercial break this morning. And that's because the log is light today, by the way. But of the eight minutes, five minutes were live spots. Now, see, this is a problem. When you got three guys on a show, and they're all doing live commercials, this is what you got. So they can bitch and moan all they want about that format, which I do understand. I think Hank's got a more legitimate beef because he's not doing, you know, he don't have a bunch of little uh, underlings under the table there doing other live spots. It's like when the sales department was approaching you to do live spots. And, and where are we going to stick those, huh? Where are we going to stick them? Well, that's what I've told him. Where is George going to be? Is he, is he taking my avails away so he can be doing live spots? Is that what's going to happen? No. No. See, I think what they had in mind is that every commercial break, I would do a live spot in the beginning, and then you would do a live one like in the middle, maybe at the end would be good. Because I won't do two in one break, but that way we could have you do one in every break. And, you know, since we're not taking a whole lot of phone calls on this show anymore, what we can do is we can start bringing some people in, maybe we can bring the bird back, and he can do some live spots. Have Al Goldstein come on, he can do a live spot for Screw Magazine. There you go, now we're talking. Jim Mandich talks sports oh, 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 again, right. right here on Sports Radio 560 QAM. This station stands for nothing. Jason Sunday was a hero, loved by millions across the land. I went to visit his ex-wife now. She was hanging with another man. I just went home now for a nice and ski mask and a pair of gloves. And back he went 
She was tipping her friends the waiter and giving more than a 15%. Well, Jews couldn't take it. Started slicing and dicing, don't you know? Was that the airport before they fell? She made a touchdown in old Chicago. Oh. It checked in at the Alibi Hotel. But the LADA, well, he flagged OJ for illegal procedure <clears throat> with a knife. That's the prison yard penalty. He said with conviction. That's what you get when you hack the wife out on the LA freeway in a getaway Bronco, pressing something to his skull, wishing he was dead. But it was a cell phone, no, not a pistol. Suicide by Suma, deep in his head. Well, they finally got a mock. Now it's up to the jury. But he will surely be in jail for life. And now the people, they all say they feel bad for OJ. They forget it ain't okay. Oh! Hack the wife. Yeah! Hack the wife, baby. Hmm. Come time made OJ so black. Ugh. Time takes care of everything. That's what I hear. 15 till noon at 560 WQM. Hank Goldberg at Shula State 2 at 2 o'clock. After that, we got, uh, you know, talking baseball. We got the Marlin crap again, but it's almost over. Thank God. Just hang on tight. It's almost over. The embarrassment. So anyway, the scuttlebutt around the building here at QAM. The scuttlebutt seems to be with this OJ business that our general manager was aware of this ahead of time, that this whole business of him coming up there in a limo was a premeditated act orchestrated by person or persons within this building, and that our general manager was either a party to it or was aware of it at the very least. Again, that's only the scuttlebutt. I have no, uh, you know, no way to verify that. Would that be embarrassing? Yeah. Humiliating? Yeah. Grotesque? Yeah. Unacceptable? Yeah. Would that be an act of ultimate stupidity yeah. see why is it that some people don't understand that almost everyone almost every white person anywhere there's some you know and and most black people there's some black apologists out there who want to continue that racial thing you know because he's uh awful dark but most people I, I don't encounter anybody outside this building who apologizes for him who wants to see him who wants anything to do with him i i only encounter people that wish only the worst for him like real bad arthritic knees, you know, is a good start. Like living in a world where nobody wants to talk to him, except for this hot bitch that he's doing now. I guess the uh, look-alike blonde, the Nicole look-alike, I guess finally Mama made her a dump him, okay? So he's got some new white chick, some brunette, that according to our spy reports is a real knockout. That's what we hear. At least he's got good taste. That's one thing we can say for O.J. Even though he may uh, be a miserable son of a bitch and a uh, murdering uh, bastard, he's got good taste. Can we agree on that? Uh-huh. Okay. No? Oh no, yeah, he's got good taste. But they're whores. Yeah. Well if you're gonna if you're gonna screw whores, you might as well pick out ones that look good. 
you can afford it. So be more selective when you go to Amsterdam, okay? Don't just take the first one in the first window when you turn the corner there in a red light district. Shop around a little bit. Pays off in the end, so to speak. So speaking of scumbags, by the way, we're, we're going to have to, seriously, we're going to have to get somebody in here to investigate that whole situation when we get to the bottom of it. Of course, we probably never will because it's that little conspiracy again, you know? That closed little fraternity in the, yeah. But anyway, speaking of scumbags, so here it is on the front page of our papers this morning. Nice going, Jimmy. Jimmy, we could be special Johnson. Dolphins rookie Demetrius Underwood is in a Lansing, Michigan hospital after suffering a life-threatening stab wound to the neck. Police are still investigating whether the stabbing was self-inflicted. Underwood was found outdoors on Sunday near the home of the mother of his two children a day after his arrest for failure to pay child support. Now, let me ask you this. How come How come all these jocks who are making all of this money, getting paid certainly more than your average slobs out there on the street, how come so many of them just do not want to be paying their child support? The arrest and subsequent stabbing are two more incidents in the bizarre saga that's unfolded since Underwood disappeared after his first day of training with the Minnesota Vikings. He was then picked up by the Dolphins, as you know, because Jimmy never met a, a criminal, a scumbag, that he didn't like, that he didn't want to give a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. Nice going, Jimmy. We could be special Johnson. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. How the hell are you? Pretty good. Listen, a couple of things I got to talk to you about. Um, it seems like every radio station, not just the ones you're on, they're, they're all they they all are incompetent, or people that work there are always incompetent. They can't do even just the normal. How do they how do they even turn a profit is beyond me. Mm-hmm. The second well, thing who, is who said they're making a profit with all the money that they're giving away in John Henry? Well, like I said, not just your station. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I know you're ripping OJ a lot. Did you happen to catch that uh, Best Saturday Night Live last night? Did you ever watch that? No. They had this great skit, and they had the guy pretend he was OJ, and they, he, and he's interviewing Mario Levy, and he says, "Here's the here's the play," and he draws the play out, and they show it as a screening, and says, "I did it. It was beautiful." Oh man! I'm gonna have to send you the, the tape of it. It's 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 excellent. I love it. In closing, you can't spell scum without um. Okay. <laughs> Too bad about those hurricanes, huh? Oh, I feel I feel a twinge of excitement between my thighs. It must be because the Hurricanes lost to East Carolina this weekend. Blew that big lead there late in the game. What a shame, huh? See, the re- one of the reasons, one of many reasons that I despise the whole University of Miami athletic program, but especially the football program, especially. I, I mean, the baseball program I worked with for six years, I don't despise them. I wish them nothing but good luck, but uh, nevertheless. But the rest of it, to them, especially this football thing, because it's phony. It's make-believe. It's everything that's wrong with this town is the U.M. football program. Phony people, bandwagon jumpers, waiting to jump on, hop aboard. Oh, look at this. They won a couple of games. They won a big upset over Ohio State the first game. And then they've lost a couple of games. Now, you'll see how fast that caravan will just crumble into sawdust. Because it's make-believe. It's fake. It doesn't exist. There's no great support. There's no groundswell of support for U of M sports. It's a make-believe university. It's not even a real campus. A big percentage of those kids, the ones who are from down here, they all live at home. It's a nothing university. WQAM. Hello? Yes, sir. Can I speak to Neil? Speaking. Neil? Yes. Your career is over. Yeah. And Phil Henry's going to destroy you. Yeah, is that why you're listening this morning? Well, until he gets here, yeah. Until until he gets here, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, that's the best I can do, okay, pal? Sorry, we'll try to entertain you this week, and then goodbye. 
My career is over. See, and there's one of the losers I'm talking about. There's one of the guys that would have been pumping the number, pumping the number to get this guy on there so he can abuse me. See, DNH, do no harm, and the other part is just as important, TNC, take no crap. That's my philosophy in life. And the idea that i got to sit here degrading and humiliating myself and pumping out, begging people to say something so that they can call in, oh, you suck, I'm listening, and I listen every day, and even after Phil is on, I'll still be listening, even though I lie a lot about it. You're not going anywhere, pal, okay? You'll listen to Phil for a couple of days, then you'll be dialing back and forth, diddling around, and you'll be back here, like most everybody else will. Every time they put anybody on, oh, it's going to be fat-ass limbo. Are you scared, Neil? Are you scared? Don't take it personal, Neil. Yeah, I was real scared when they put fat-ass limbo on there. Just like I was real scared when they put Howard on and he's, you know, because his ego is so mammoth. You know, if I were making the money that he's making, I don't think I would need to be on that extra 40 minutes, 45 minutes, a whole hour, you know, between 10 and 11 o'clock. I don't think I'd need to feed my ego that much. Was I scared of that? No. Did we beat him in that hour in every book since he's been on? Somehow, with all the stuff that they've thrown, fat-ass Lumbaugh, Howard, all these other people, here we still are. And the numbers keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, the ratings have gone up since Howard came out in the market. My numbers have gone up, even though he is on uh, for what, whatever, however long he is in that 10 o'clock hour. And since fat-ass Limbaugh came on the air. You know something, sir? I wish you all the luck in the world because retards like you, more power to me. I won't miss you. Like I've always said before to people that call this show, oh, yeah, I'm leaving now. It's been nice. Like the asshole that sent me that fax, who's wasted 14 years of his life. Screw you, Neil. Yeah, that guy. Screw you, because I have a different opinion, so screw you. Because you have the audacity to criticize anything about America. You're a simpleton, pal. You're an idiot. And you're still listening right now. I bet my life on it. I bet somebody else's life on it, like I said. You're listening right now. There is no doubt in my mind. Send me a, uh, uh, cares enough to send me the very best because I had the audacity to tell him something he didn't want to hear. Emotional cripples, children. Here's Bob Barr, by the way. You know, the, speaking of the phone calls, going back to the TV show on Whammy, how many times did I beg them, why are you doing that? You've only got a half an hour show, such as the, the abortion that they were putting on the air. Butchering it up, the video, the audio, the editing, everything about that show was a nightmare, was guaranteed to fail from the start. But why would you take out of four hours that you're taping every day, why wouldn't you just take my sitting there and doing the various tirades that I'm going on and talking, saying whatever the thing, that's what the Neil Rogers show is. Oh, no, Matty Lesham, he wants us uh, to put phone calls in there. By the way, anybody seen him lately? No. No, he's gone. He's out on his ass. Wouldn't know a goddamn TV if they stuck it in his rectum. That's right. Had to put phone calls on there. Long, ponderous, tedious phone calls. I'd be watching that thing, and I'd be screaming at the set, what kind of an editing job is this? Why are you putting this crap on this show? Guaranteed to fail. Because of, in part, I mean, all the other zillion things that uh, were wrong with it, but especially because of the phone calls that they insisted on putting on there. I know I sure found it captivating, you know? So anyway, here's Bob Barr, which I wish we had the TV for only a couple of seconds so we can see how good he looks with that little mustache. In USA Today, the voters in Washington, D.C. Uh, had an election last uh, November, which is the American F and Way, and they voted yes. They voted yes to legalize marijuana for medical use. Just like they're doing all over the country, by the way. Arizona, 
California. And Bob Barr, because he's such a goody two-shoes, says, oh, no, you can't do that. It's evil. So he introduced a bill in the House to bar funds for the medical marijuana initiative. So here are some letters to the editor in USA Today in response to this fascist, this Nazi bastard, Bob Barr. Kirk Muse in Vancouver, Washington, says, obviously the voters of Washington, D.C. didn't know what they were doing when 69% of them voted to legalize marijuana for medical use. Obviously, lawmakers can't allow adult citizens to make their own decisions as to which herbs or drugs to use. Otherwise, it would send the wrong message to children that the Constitution and Bill of Rights really mean what they say. Obviously, the signers of the Declaration of Independence didn't know what they were doing when they declared that the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is inalienable and self-evident. Obviously, they should have added an exclusion for herbs and drugs that can harm nobody except the users themselves. Brian Haygood in Greenville, South Carolina writes, My father died of cancer. The end of his life was quite painful, but he wanted to and did spend every last day that he could on this earth with his loved ones. One major factor that contributed to his prolonged life was marijuana. Marijuana enabled him to fight off the nausea from the chemotherapy, making it easier to keep down his food. My dad was lucky that one of his physicians was compassionate enough to recommend marijuana in the first place, or he most likely would have died sooner. There are untold numbers of people in this country who suffer the effects of chemotherapy, glaucoma, and the side effects of drugs used to treat AIDS. These same people could benefit from the positive effects of marijuana. Representative Bob Barr of Georgia was quoted as saying that it would send a terrible message to America's young people if we allowed licensed physicians to prescribe medication that, in their professional opinion, would benefit a patient's health. I truly hope that Barr never lives through the pain my father did or the dangers and degradations that my family endured to acquire the best medicine for the treatment of a loved one. And Bill Hurt of Lexington, Kentucky, pardon the name, writes, The people of Washington, D.C. had their votes counted on medical marijuana issue. The voters spoke clearly with a landslide victory for personal freedom and a repudiation of overprotective Big Brother government. The voters are speaking clearly. Are there any politicians out there listening? No. No. Especially that fascist, that little Nazi Bob Barr. Nice mustache, by the way, Bob. 1157 at 560 QAM. Oh! Hi, Felicia. Gee, I love your dress, and your hair looks so shiny and manageable. Are you still shampooing with head and shoulders? <laughs> Gosh, Chick, I stopped using head and shoulders a long time ago. I mean, honestly, who grows hair on their shoulders anyway? <laughs> yeah, right. So, what are you using now? Well, it's like head and shoulders, only without all those additives. It's just called head. Let's tell them about it, girls. Wow, where can I get head? Lots of places, Chick. You can stop by my place later, and I'll be happy to give you some head. In 15 minutes, I'll have you shampooed, styled, and blown dry. Gee, you don't miss a lick, do you? Head sounds great, but is it expensive? Not at all, Chick. My brother says there are places downtown where you can get head for less than $10. Golly, at that price, everyone should be getting head. That's right, Chick. When you say head, you set a mouth 
Pulp. Hi, I'm Dr. Raymond Bellatio from Freedom All Industries, here to tell you why you should get hair. First, it lubricates each limp hair follicle, leaving an erect, glistening shaft. Then the scalp's natural oils are sucked out of the root, leaving your hair soft, shiny, and exhausted. Nothing does the job like head. Great! Can I get head from my hairdresser, Bruce? Probably, but you might want to try your girlfriend first. <laughs> Go out and get some head today. Oh, right. Want hair with lots of volume? Nothing gets it up like head. Available at a price you won't find hard to swallow. And it's going down every day. Honey, we're out of shampoo. Can you go out and get some head? What did you say? I said I want you to go out and get head. Oh, thank you, sweet Jesus. I'm going down, down. And head makes a great holiday gift. Last Christmas, my wife gave me some head. Then I gave her a pearl necklace. I've never seen her so choked up. My girlfriend used to give me head, and then we got married. Now I'm lucky if I get Jurgen's lotion in a National Geographic. <laughs> oh! Head shampoo. Come on, give it a shot. My hair looks great. <laughs> Use a nap. Double five at five sixty WQM five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. We'll take... Yeah. WQAM. Yes, I'd like to speak to Neil. Speaking. Hey Neil, how you doing, sir? Okay, sir. Hey, there we go. See what I'm saying? This is beautiful. Perfect. What a great setup this was. WQAM? Yes, I'd like to talk to uh, Neil, please. Speaking. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay. How's everything? Great. Good. Uh, listen, I hear your little uh, hostility this morning. Hostility about what? Oh, uh, well, but the calls and everything. I mean, I've been trying to call all morning. I'm just I'm lucky I got through right now. Yeah. You know, I know there are a lot of assholes out there that call in for no reason, but, um, you know. Well, what do you got for us, sir? Uh, actually, what I wanted to know, uh, here you were talking about that marijuana thing the, uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just say, hypothetically speaking, if the uh, government, you know, decided to legalize marijuana in the state or actually in the state of, you know, all the states. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about drug tests? I mean, how would that go? I mean, would that be legalized like alcohol? I mean, you have so many alcoholics, but yet you don't have them testing for alcohol. Yeah. Well, if it's if it's legal, why would there be a test for it? Well, being that you know what it you know. Do they have the, a test to see if you ate Rice Krispies in the morning? <laughs> Good point. That's why I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Okay, and don't eat too many homentos. You next poor either, pal. Have a good day. Poppy Bill. seeds will kill you every time. Okay. How would that work, by the way, George? <laughs> oh. First you gotta yeah. First you gotta pee. WQAM. Hello? WQAM with the radio up. Yes, sir. Oh God. Phil yeah. Henry. 
WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Sorry about that, Neil. How are That's you? Okay, fine. Demetrius Underwood had his neck slashed? Yes. And where was OJ? They were fighting over the knife. Apparently so. OJ was at the QAM golf tournament at Lago Mar. I'd like to call somebody a douchebag. Yeah, so, and I forgot about that part. There, thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's another part of the calls that I just love. That just sent, you know, I don't understand how this show is even still on the air, to be honest with you. What the call, no, seriously, what the callers have done to me over these last many years, it's a miracle. Between some of the bozos that I've worked for and these great calls, I'd like to call somebody a douchebag. Now, first of all, does anybody in the audience have any idea who you're talking about? No. Do they care? No. No. Does it contribute anything? Is it um, entertaining? No. Is it amusing? No. Is it hysterical? No. Is it a pee in your pants funny? No. Is it anything? No. Besides ponderous and uh, terminal and embarrassing and humiliating. And have a nice day, sir. And thank you so much because that was the, one of the. I'm sure that there are others that'll pop into my mind. WQAM. Hey Neil, how's it going? Okay, sir. Pretty good. Hey, did you hear about that? Uh, the stabbing, huh? Yeah. Uh, were you fudge packing? Uh-huh. WQAM. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Okay, sir. Uh, there's a little-known event that's coming Saturday that no one's talking about. I wanted to let you know about it. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers are opening up uh, the NHL season Saturday. Uh-huh. They're trying, to, they're trying to keep it a secret, both on your station and throughout the uh, South Florida community. Yeah. Uh, let me well, ask if you. You know, if we aren't sure about Pavel's knee, maybe we better keep it a secret, especially since the team never won an exhibition game. The well, whole exhibition season, they had a perfect season. Can I tell you my theory? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the new edict from uh, the Murray brothers is that they have to speak uh, English. Mm-hmm. I think they have the wrong language. They ought to have them speak uh, Yiddish or something like that. Because obviously, obviously they're not communicating. But uh, nothing has said, no one, no one has said anything about this. And last season we had to go through these guys. Uh, well, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean nobody has said anything about it? Nobody cares. Don't you understand? That's a, I'm, I'm almost as grateful to you as the last guy with a douchebag thing. This is another thing. What's the point of uh, doing a whole hockey song dance? Nobody here cares. Yeah, but I think, I think just, just one more thing, but I'll let you go. Um, I think that they're, they're in trouble, the Murray Brothers, because this year the season, the season ticket sales have gone down. Way down, that's right. And I think that, in other words, the third season of not missing the play, of missing the playoffs, yeah. rather, will translate into Wayne's uh, anger, mm-hmm. especially with ticket sales being... Uh, Absolutely correct, sir. No question about it. I'm, I'm packing sandwiches for him right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, well, I, I, it looks dismal at best. Okay, dismal pal. Best. See you Thank Saturday. You. Saturday night, he's right. The Washington Caps will be here to start the big hockey season. Any interest out there? No. Anybody care? No. Anybody talking about no. it? Anybody fired up about Pavel Bure? No. Anybody? Uh, no. Scoreless tie in Louisville last night. Nashville Predators, how do you like that? They've been working. I got the. I got that here. They've been working to create this minor league affiliate, Louisville, get the people all turned on to hockey. They play the Nashville Predators, and the article says one of the worst games in the history of the human race, a scoreless tie. That, that would be like going to the swing club and not even getting to watch, much less swing it out. Exactly. What's the point? Ed Kaplan knows the scores. Starting at 10, so the last team ends. Weeknight, only on Sports Radio 560 UAM. Spread them and say cheese. Hi, 
I'm Aaron Summers, and you know what? You got me talking on the passion song. Tell me the story about how you got flown. I got you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I'll tell you once more before I hang up the phone. I got you down. The lines are jammed up. Yeah, there isn't a doubt. Call up and tell me what it's all about. I got you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I'll tell you once more before I hang up the phone. I got you down. I got you down. I got you down. I got you down. <laughs> I got you down. Here on the show, there's a new topic each night. Who'd you have sex with? Were they black or were they white? I got you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I'll tell you what's more before I hang up the phone. I got you down. 1215 is 560 WQM, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. The preseason misery is over, and it didn't seem pretty, writes Michael Russo in the Sun Sentinel this morning. The Panthers put years of hard work and energy into bringing an American League affiliate to Louisville, Kentucky. But on Sunday night, last night, for many of the almost 7,000 at Freedom Hall, their first taste of hockey was the sport at its worst. It tasted like <laughs> crap. What they saw were two teams, the Panthers and Nashville Predators, that were content to play out the string and ensure that nobody got hurt before opening night. The game was chippy and excruciating to watch at times with virtually nothing going on. The fans didn't even get to see a goal in 65 minutes, as maybe appropriately the Panthers and Predators entered winless and left winless after a 0-0 tie. The only real bright spot was solid uh, goaltending by Trevor Kidd for the Panthers. A 0-0 tie. As the Panthers go through the entire exhibition season without a single win. And as long as Pavel Bure's knee is, uh, you know, in good shape, as long as he can play, it'll be pretty exciting to go out there, won't it? Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. I win a few games. Uh-huh. But if he goes down. WQAM. Hi. Yes, sir. I'm calling from Fort Lauderdale. Speaking. I was going to talk to Neil. Speaking. That's Neil. Yes, I am. Didn't sound like you. Well, that's me. How you doing? Great. Hey, I got a, an unbelievable story for you. Okay. You didn't happen to see the uh, sports page in the Herald today, did you? Yes, I did. What did you think of Dan LeBastard's column? I mean, didn't it, see. What it was blew it my mind. What was it well, about? it was about the Marlins. And the amazing thing about it, um, he wrote something that, that actually made sense. I know it's a first, and, and I hope you're sitting down when you hear this. I'm holding on tight, man. Um, I'm squeezing. He said he, he was talking about how John Henry, in effect, is blackmailing the uh, public into buying a stadium. Yeah. And he ended the column by saying that when you blackmail somebody, don't they have to care for the blackmail to be effective? Right. And I thought he hit the nail right on the head. The people in this community just don't care anymore. That's right. They've bled any interest or affection that this area may have had for that team completely out of the buying public. Okay, your phone just uh, crapped out, pal, but thanks anyway. I got it right here. I think I think that was probably John Henry. 
Henry screwing up our phone system. Everybody's got their finger in our phone. You know what I'm saying? Either that or in their Rectum. one or the other. Marlins have many questions, no answers regarding the next season. In order for blackmail to work correctly, doesn't the party being blackmailed have to care? Asked Dan Lepaster. And like the guy says, after writing 6,422 columns in which he basically said nothing except I'm a professional Cuban, he finally writes a column in which maybe he says something here about how the uh, big payroll of Atlanta and all the youngsters in the organization and about how they keep bringing along all these great players and yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? Nobody cares. You're right, Dan. You could have said it in like two words. Nobody cares. Even my good, close, personal friend, Sue Reisinger, that we've been raving about how she actually has written a couple of good columns this year. So I actually look at her column now. She's got hisses and kisses this morning, which is what these columnists do when they really got nothing to write about. She gives, now listen to this. She gives a kiss to the Florida Marlins, whose win Saturday against the Colorado Rockies assures them of losing no more than 100 games this season. With six away games remaining, the Marlins have won 62 and lost 94. Oh! And they've had only a few more fans than that left in the stands. Whatever that means. 62 and 94, I guess. Lest that sound more like a hiss than a kiss, let me just add that I was one of the loyal fans who was there for the season's opening day. They're at Sunday's final home game, and there for a lot of games in between, says Sue. Oh! So I have one question for you, sweetheart. You know what the question is? Why? Yeah, why were you there? What's the point? And then, of course, later on, down in the middle of the column, which most people don't read that far down, she does atone for that for her weakness for uh, for minor league baseball, I guess, by saying she gives a hiss. Here's that serpent. A hiss to anyone, including Florida Marlins owner John Henry, who would seriously consider putting a baseball stadium smack in the middle of downtown Fort Lauderdale and totally redeems herself by saying, don't even think about it. I must be crazy. I must be nuts. You are, man. You're out of your mind. You're off your rocker. Like I said, seriously, we are broadcasting a ball game, which we have a contractual commitment that we have to carry tonight. And like I said, is the albatross around the neck of this place. But if it wasn't that, Greg Reed would find something else. He'd find some some other way to do it. Because just like with this OJ thing, he knows how to shoot himself in the foot. He's got the gravy train here, baby. He's got a free ride for all of this time. And he just keeps shooting himself in the goddamn foot. Just like those uh, Cubans that go out in the Everglades and keep doing the same, shooting themselves in the foot, you know. Cubans uh, come and uh, rescue us, isn't that the name of the organization? Cubans uh, come rescue us from our own... Uh... Alpha 66. Yeah, right. I thought that was something that you mixed with water and uh, drank as a shake, put in a blender. Which, by the way, speaking of losing weight, great article in the New York Times yesterday. See, and I realized nobody... You know this again today, except for the one guy that made an inane comment about marijuana and how would the drug test work if it were legal. Nobody's got any comment about anything I've said here today. I did a two-hour monologue there this morning. And they still got nothing to say about any of it. But here in yesterday's New York Times is a spectacular, very important article that tells you how to lose, how to not just lose weight, but how to stay alive, like extend your life by a, a third, as much as 25 years through diet. You want to find out? Well, just wait. Well, sir, I got to hold something back here. I can't give you all the good stuff right off the bat. Christ Almighty, it's only Monday. We're easing into this. Hey, Neil, could I call somebody a douchebag? No. 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 Boring. Terminal. Puke-inducing. I apologize for all the years that in my weakness, you know, I have a weakness for my children, like Don Corleone said, so I spoil them. As you can see. As you can see. As you can hear. But this madness stops now. Yeah, that's right. It stops now. Could I call any a douchebag? No. No, you can't. 
Call him up and call him a douchebag. Tell him, in fact, better yeah, call him up and tell him he's an asshole. Tell him that, okay? Tell him that he's a raving, flaming asshole. And then call us back and let us know what his response was, if you're still around. WQAN? Yeah, I'll speak with Uncle Neil, please. Yes, sir, speaking. Hey, Uncle Neil. How you doing? Uh, I didn't want to bring up the Atkins thing, Jim, but you turned me on to it a couple years ago. Done very well when you can stay on it. Right. Uh, Dateline tonight. They didn't come right out and say that they're going to be talking about Atkins. Mm-hmm. But they did a promo on the Sunday night uh, network, whatever they're on, right? saying, uh, you know, all these fad diets, you're shedding the pounds and eating whatever you want. You're eating all the protein and fried foods, and they show you, uh, you know, they show flash a picture of a big steak, and they show a picture of uh, frying bacon and eggs and saying, Shed- shedding the pounds like water, is it really good for you with all the protein? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to be about, but you might want to take a look at that tonight on Dateline. What time is it on? Uh, I think it's 9. Okay. All right, Neil, that's it. Thanks. Thanks. There you go. You Atkins people out there. We've got a million Atkins people in this audience, and many, many of them are losing weight. A lot of the rest of them, like me, are just uh, spinning their wheels because some of us just can't do it. Our lunch, by the way, from Atlantic City Subs again, but we're only eating the guts. We're not eating the bread. Are we eating the bread? No. You love bread, but not for me. I'll not eat the bread. Here's this great article in the New York Times by Nicholas Wade yesterday. Eating to reach your lifespan or to extend it. Extended by up to 25 years. In other words, the lifespan is about 75 now. You could expand it by maybe 25 years if you wait, I'll tell you. Well, no, I'm not going to give it to you right now, especially in the middle of our lunchtime because then it might, you know, might, I might have to eat a little bit less. WQAM? Hello, Neil? Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Great. Good. Listen, sounds uh, like Woody to me. No, it's not Woody. Okay. Sounds uh, like it. No, it's not me. Are you related to Woody? Uh, no, not at all. Good. I have my, I have an old Woody, but no, not Woody. Okay. Uh, listen, you guys are talking about all this food and stuff. It's really making me hungry, so to all those dieters, um, you're douches. Anyway, um, where's that Atlantic substance you, you're always talking about? Hollywood. Yes, well, I'm I'm going to be in Hollywood in the next uh, 10 minutes, but I'd like to grab Park the, Road and uh, Sheridan. Park Road and Sheridan. That's great. Yeah, so um, I'll just tell them uh, you sent me there. Please. Uh, can I just get a big, uh, oh, right. <laughs> that was him. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. We're we're making a segue today. We're starting a little bit of a transition with this show, moving onward and upward, eliminating the douchebags is what we're doing. We're cutting out the douchebags from this show. Matty Cohen, WQAM. Hi Neil. Yes sir. Please don't leave. Okay Pete, I'm not going anywhere. WQAM. Hello Neil. Yes. Hey, I gotta ask you a really hard question. Uh huh. Who's the biggest douchebag, OJ or Reverend Jesse Jackson? I saw him this morning. Did you maybe want to maybe want to stay home. I wanted to call in sick when I saw that. He didn't come out on the news when the that whole they Colorado. Two, they had two bombings up there. They had a couple of bombings up at uh, FAMU up there in Tallahassee. Right. And so he comes up there, and let me ask you: Did he have like a snake in his pants or something? What is that all about when they start shaking? And what what, what is that called besides uh, St. Vitus dance? Maybe he's pants? got the Holy Ghost in him. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe that uh, them bed bugs were starting to act up again. He didn't come out on anything about the Colorado incident or anything like that because those were all white folks up there. Is that what it was? Yeah. I, I and then I had him. I saw that piece at the end after he finished doing his uh, shake and bake routine, and he was uh, doing this interview, you know, his eight millionth interview, and talking about the uh, anti-Semitic act there in uh, Los Angeles. You know, the uh, Jews that got killed. And I thought to myself, boy, talk about the pot calling the kettle dark black. Yeah, right. Black. Those Jews that got killed in Jaime Town. You know, he's talking about that again. 
Oh, he's he's pathetic, man. Makes me sick. One of the great exploiters in the history of mankind. Hey, another person that makes me sick is Michael Irvin, and I was wondering if you could play. You had some, I don't know, you got a few Michael Irvin bits, but you got one about the Michael Irvin school of something, and it has something to do with crack cocaine. Yeah. Can you play that, man? You got it. Because I hate the Cowboys. They suck. Okay. All right, buddy. See ya. That's what the Troy Aikman does. That's what we hear. He sucks. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line, 26 past noon at 560 WQ. Is there any special reason why we're just leaving those? I mean, I'm not in a hurry to eat, but it's just the way you're I was going to bring them in there during the break, and, uh, you know. No, I don't think so. You just look forlorn like you're going to sit there and look at them. Kind well, of they like do a, look really nice. They do look – in fact, you know something that – I think maybe that's the answer. That's how you lose all the weight. Don't eat the food. Just look at it. Oh, yeah. The eye diet. That's right. Don't uh, put it in your mouth. Just look at it. Yeah, but it looks so good. Mm. Looks so appetizing, you know. And the food, too. 1230 at 560WQ. Maybe somebody in the audience knows the name of that thing so I can play it for that guy because we're scratching our heads. I don't know what the name of that thing is. DLT and uh, Mike. And by the way, let me say it again in case you missed the earlier part of the show. Lawrence Taylor and OJ were at our golf tournament on uh, Friday oh! out at Lagomar, which were very embarrassed and humiliated by both, especially by OJ, but only slightly beyond by LT. You know, this whole jock thing, man, it, it's sick. You're right about that. It's it's a sickness. No matter what kind of a scumbag you're dealing with, no matter how many murders, how much coke, how much uh, whatever, there's no embarrassment factor, man. It's a big frickin' fraternity. And if you're not a member of the goddamn club, you just can't relate to it, you can't understand it. I don't get it. But QAM is so this is, this is a major story. If we had anybody in this market that really uh, was on top of things, but sure, uh, we don't, since Howard Beer left from uh, CityLink Magazine. Major story is OJ sickness here at QAM. And you know something? It's probably just as well that not everybody in town, including all the sponsors, are aware of it, like the people that uh, walked off the course when they saw this, this murdering son of a bitch on Friday, stormed off the course. WQAM. Hey. Yes, sir. George, and a mobile on the Palmetto. Okay, let's go to a mobile on the Palmetto. Hello. Neil, God. Yes, How you doing? Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but... One of my drivers got arrested in, in Miami on a prostitution sting yeah. in my tow truck. The city of Miami Police Department charges the vehicle a $1,000 fine. Not the, not the guy who's involved, yeah. but the vehicle. I had to pay $1,000. Well, wait a minute. I you the, said they charged the vehicle. Why did you right. have to pay it? Well, you know, whoever owns the vehicle. Yeah. $1,000 fine for what? For being involved in the arrest. They they had a sting going on in front of uh, Brayman Cadillac or whatever on my 20th Street. Oh, on Biscayne and 20th. That's a nice right. neighborhood, yeah. My driver drops the car off there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, comes out. Yeah. He says the girl's yelling at him. So he, he yells at the girl, what are you trying to make, $10? She says, yes, follow me. He goes, whatever, and, you know, drives away. They arrest him for mentioning money to the uh -huh. girl. And then he gets arrested. He gets let out on time served the well, next morning. Yeah. And I go to get my vehicle, and the tow yard says, well, it's $250 for your truck, but you got to go pay the city of Miami a 1000 I said, for what? They said, there's a fine well, against my vehicle. Yeah. And, and now I had to go to court to try to get the money back. And? And I ended up with 750 Then you and got she, back? Yeah, I got 750 to $1,000 back. That's not too bad. I said this is like organized crime. So you, ima least, you imagine how much action you could have got for two fifty, though? Right, that's what I said. At least the, the criminals that put prostitutes on the street, the you know, at least they give you something for your money. In addition to which, who gives you a blowjob for ten bucks? 
Right, exactly. And I told my driver, I said, you see the girl had all her teeth in her mouth? You should have known she wasn't a prostitute. There you go. I'll tell you, that city of Miami, they are raking the money in. Okay, pal, thanks for the good news. Good luck, and uh, okay, call buddy of my douchebag, I haven't heard it forever. See, I thought, I thought we had them cured of that. Didn't we have them no. cured of that douchebag crap? I mean, is it just me? or do I? I mean, I find that uh, especially nauseating and revolting and very detrimental to this show. Now, can I call somebody a douchebag? What, what is that? Can anybody identify for me what the hell that is when they start with that crap? That's a gay club, you moron. It must be code. It must be like the Masons, you know? No, seriously, all these uh, clubs, they all have their own little secret handshakes and secret codes and all this other crap. That must be what that is. Because I can't think that like any like real honest-to-God people would do that. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I was just cruising around listening to the show and um, wanted to see if you might be able to help me out on something. I yeah. know you have traveled extensively. Oh, and that's and, another one. But I'll get to that, yes. And uh, my kid, uh, as a reward for being a great kid and getting good grades and everything, um, he wants to go to Rome and or Athens. Yeah, Rome. Rome is the place Forget to go rather Athens. than it, Athens. It, it's filthy in Athens. The pollution is so bad you can't breathe the air. It's a disgusting, schmutzy place. You don't want to go there. Go to Rome. Really? Trust me. Okay. Take it from me, pal. Hey, Neil, that's why I called because I know you cut through all the crap and get right been to the there, end of the matter. and you're not trying to sell me anything. Right. You know, that's the thing. These travel agents, all they're trying to do is sell you something. Tell the, tell the Athens people uh, get lost. Really? I'm telling okay. you. Okay. What's the best way to go there? Is there a particular Probably airline or... Was there a particular airline you would recommend over Alitalia. another? Alitalia. Alitalia. Okay. Have a great time, man. You will. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate okay. it very much. Okay, see you. See, now there's a guy. At least he didn't do what some of these people, but he reminded me. See, now it's all coming back. I just did like a little uh, mini uh, spaz out on that thing with the callers. I should have made notes. I could have probably done 16 shows on that. Yeah, I'm going to Vegas. Can you recommend a restaurant? Is there a good McDonald's out there? I'm going to Cleveland. Is there a is there a place I can get some goddamn uh, white hots? This this is the input you get here in South Florida. I mean, if we were on in six seven hundred stations, if we were on in fifteen thousand different markets, can you only begin to imagine the difference that it would be? I could whip through six seven eighteen thousand calls a day, no problem at all. To get to calls like we had with that guy would be running naked on the beach on the with his fraternity brothers with his bros. I mean, you you'd be amazed how many. But but you got to go through a whole lot of people. We just don't have a whole lot of people down here. Just look when you like I've told you before when you're out there on the road like right now if you're in your car just look around. Scary, isn't it scary? Uh-huh. It's terrifying. WQAM. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing today? Great. Great. All right. Hey, I, I want to tell you something that you'll get a good, you'll get a kick out of it anyway. Right. You got to go rent this movie it's called Waterboy, right? And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got a part with Lawrence Taylor in it, and he's in the front of this this whole like group of kids, like 12 years old or so, and he's sitting there telling them, uh, you know, how to play football and whatnot. And at the end, he gives a big old smile and he says, "Oh, and remember, just say no to drugs." <laughs> I about fell out of my chair. No, it's so All funny. Right. I'm telling you, if you just if you go watch that movie, it's worth that one scene. You gotta go rent it. What's the name of the movie? Waterboy. It's that Adam Sandler. Oh God. Oh God, I I about fell out of my chair in the movie theater. 
I was laughing. I don't think anybody in the theater even picked up on it because not one person laughed. It was just right after he got uh, busted that last time. The last uh, time, yeah, the 18th yeah. time, right. Oh, my goodness. And don't forget, just say no. to O.J., too, I Yeah, got well, and O.J., yeah, he's, you know, he's got his own problems. But I figure maybe if Pete Rose, you know, goes out and does some drugs, then maybe they'll, uh, they'll let him back into It'll the be right uh, in, in a heartbeat, especially if he shares. Okay, <laughs> Hey, uh, Neil, in closing, were you fudge-backing? <laughs> How do you like that? I'm just strong for time. What do you do with Come on, come on. Before one at 560 WQM, you know, with all the um, uh, fascination we got with the convicted criminal, uh, with these ex-jocks and all this around here, you have to wonder uh, if there's anybody on here, maybe we've got some crackheads in this joint, some uh, powder people, you know what I'm talking about? Some people that need to take a quick powder? Oh, I was only talking about like BC powder, you know? Just kind of makes me wonder, you know, I'm just kind of wondering about all these things now that I'm seeing uh, yeah. what happened there at that tournament on Friday with OJ and LT. So I guess if you're like an ex-jock and your name was like only, if you're known by only your initials, then you could show up, right? Yeah. Kim Polkamper talks sports. Weekends right here on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I think I like my baby. New from McFarland Toys, it's the Austin Powers talking doll. You'll hear Austin say all of his famous lines from the movie. Kind of. Here's company president, Bernie McFarland. We believe the filth and disgusting language from this movie is corrupting the young luck of the country. We have, therefore, eliminated all the bad words, but not even the biggest fan will be able to tell. Here, listen. I think you're fantastic. Maybe you're very nice. You're svelte. For Blunchett. Baby, yeah. Yeah, Kendallah. <laughs> the new Austin Powers doll. Do I make you hungry, baby? Do I? Available now at the St. Aloysius Parish Hall and all Spencer Gifts. Oi! 43 at 560 WQM. By the way, that new movie, what the hell's the name of it that I was telling you about? The uh, hockey movie with naked uh, young teenagers, including uh, hockey players. It's called uh, Mystery Alaska. That's from the same people that did Austin Powers. To give you an idea where it's coming from. Naked young hockey players, by the way. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Mike Berardino, by the way, in the uh, uh, Sun Sentinel. You're a real uh, asshole. Yeah, John Bowles says the Marlins have matured this season. Why? Why is it that we got so many people, including Sue Reisinger, including this guy Mike Berardino? Most of the people. That's why I guess Dan uh, Lebanter has to get the award for at least column of the day today. Nice going, Dan. Oh. It's about time, you crazy spick. 
Always have to suck up. Oh, look at how much they've improved and they're competitive. It's a piece of crap, okay, baby? Nobody cares. They stuck it to everybody. They wounded them through the heart. Even those people who did care, they've like peed on their parade. And these uh, shills in this town just keep trying to peddle something. And you can all see where they're coming from. It's all part of the same crap. Just build us a stadium, baby, and everything will be okay. We'll spend lots of money then. It'll be really great. You know what the answer is? No. It was no last week. It's no this week. And it'll be no. next week. WQAM. Yeah, it's on Henry. That's the half back. Okay, great. Excellent. Cox of Hoist, pal. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. We've cut the burden on the audience down about 70% here today already, and they still can't handle it. Have you noticed that? Look at that. They still can't hack it. WQAM. Hello? Yes. I'd like to talk to Neil, please. With this voice? What's wrong with my voice? What's wrong with your voice? Is this your real voice? That, this is my real voice. Oh, this, thought... is, uh, this is, uh, what's her name? No, 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 no. Let me yeah. tell you what. Is this, is this a about. lady? Is this a man? Is this a, what is this? This is a lady with a bad cold. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay? I'm very sorry. Listen, yeah. I heard something which scares me. I've been listening in a Spanish station. Yes. That on October 9th, they, the world is coming population to are planning to paralyze the whole city. On my council. So I called Alex Penelas and I called the police department. And they told me, well, they had the right. They have the right to what? Paralyze to the protect, city? To protect. Protect and I told what? Them I had what, are, what are you talking about? Paralyze the city for what? Because some dumb group is coming to play music over here. Oh, because the Los Van Van thing. They're That's at that. They're right. on that again. And I said to them, you know, this is my daughter-in-law got stuck on the bridge coming home, and she was petrified because she thought everybody around her were angry, and she thought their guns were going to come out. Mm -hmm. Now you hear this radio station, uh, a guy saying, well, oh, and the owner of the station, Mr. Jorge Rodriguez, said he's going to run promos so people, you know, will gather together, at least a quarter of a million people. Mm. And, and I remember once the same thing happened, and they claimed that they didn't have to pay for that extra police department because it was something, you know, that happened overnight. And then I read in the paper that the game marchers, they had to pay over $2,000 for that police protection. But the thing that scares me, and they said they're going to no, have... No, wait a minute, this is the gay Cuban marchers? No, 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 no. What I'm saying... 200,000 gay Cuban marchers are going to come out and promote... No, no, they're, they're, no they're, I'm sure there's more than that, but these are people that are opposed yeah. to the van banks. The thing that scares me, they said they're going to come out with the 16-wheelers again. Maybe they're going to paralyze the bridges again. Mm -hmm. Some guys as well, maybe we can throw some tax all over Miami. And another dumb guy that has a show. So, so in other words, they're on the air promoting this kind of uh, right. disrupting and of this community is what you're telling me on the Spanish language radio as right. usual. And yesterday on the station, there was a young Cuban-American people. and they, A young Cuban-American people, yeah. And the owner came in and he said he's going to start running promos for the next two weeks. And I figure that guy, have, you know, they should remove his license. So you're right. Jorge That's Rodriguez, right. He has, he owns two radio George stations. Rodriguez? And I said to myself, I'm afraid my daughter-in-law has to cross the bridge to go to work. She's a nurse. Yeah. And I, you know, the, what the hell are we going to do about this goddamn George Rodriguez? Well, he, he owns a station. He shouldn't be running promos to tell people to, you know, to get together uh, a quarter of a million people to protest. And, of course, the mayor, his response to this is they got a right to do it because, naturally, he's not going to take a chance pissing oh, no, off his constituency. You know That's his me. people, yeah. They didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. 
They didn't know nothing about it. The guy in the police department, in the public relations, was the one that told me, well, they had the right to protect. To protect what? Oh, to protest. Uh, to protest. To protest, to, to yeah. To protest. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to go. My throat hurts a lot from talking too much. Okay. Oh, listen, I call your station, and they put me on hold to get your phone number, and yeah. they want to listen to your station. They were listening to some of the music. Oh, they were listening to that Power 96 crap. You a bunch of communists over there, yeah. Okay, have a good day. Thanks, sweetheart. Thanks for the All tip. Right. There we go. See, I told you. I told you, if you go through about 27,000 calls, you finally get the inside the lowdown. Here they are starting up again with those loads. I thought they had this thing solved. I thought that we finally came to an agreement on this goddamn thing. No, can never come to an agreement because we've got this hysterical element. Let me say it again for the 50 millionth time, God damn it. This is supposed to be America, and I don't give a crap if they're from communist Cuba, if they're from China. I don't give a crap if they're from Hunger, if they're going to perform here, and somebody wants to bring them here. They were just in Toronto, by the way, this weekend, Los Van Van. Was anybody protesting up there? No. Were they tying up the city about it? No. Were they having a nervous goddamn crap about it? No. No. Only in the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. F&A, Mad Dog. There's Cubans in Toronto, right? Six. Somebody called said there was some bunch. They keep them jammed in, and, you know, over there by Chinatown. They got them cordoned off. And by the way, speaking of uh, grotesque things, here's the Rudy Julian. See, this is what America is becoming about. Censorship, censorship, more censorship. I say screw censorship is what I say. I'm sick of it. Cardinal, a sales painting of Virgin Mary in Museum. This is the big to-do in New York now, Rudy Giuliani. He's also the art director now. He was the porno director in Times Square. He made sure they got all of that cleaned up real good to make it like Disneyland North. Now the new deal is the Museum of Art in Brooklyn. They're having a big song to dance. The Brooklyn Museum of Art's uh, new display, that this uh, show that they got from England. He's having a nervous breakdown about because there are all of these uh, different things. This is the big story in New York. One of the uh, displays, by the way, one of the pieces of art, I say that in quotes, but nevertheless, art can be whatever you want it to be, freedom of expression, depicts the Virgin Mary covered with elephant dung. I saw it, by the way. It was lovely. She never looked better. Well, I mean, not covered with it. She got a little here, a little bit there. Little on her, Rectum. which is, I guess, where you'd expect to find tongue. Cardinal John O'Connor asked Roman Catholics on Sunday to join him in condemning a painting of the Virgin Mary uh, embellished with a clump of elephant dung, while civil rights activists defended the Brooklyn Museum of Art's right to show the piece. Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who never met a fascist he didn't like. Meanwhile, in fact, that's what we ought to have for mayor down here. He fit in perfect. Yeah, get a greaseball who, uh, you know, he fit right in there with those crazy old spicks. Mayor Rudy Giuliani, meanwhile, reiterated his pledge to cut all $7 million of city funding to the museum, one-third of its budget, unless the painting is pulled from an exhibit scheduled open this Friday. However, New York Civil Liberties Union Director Norman Siegel said the mayor's threat to cut the funding violates the First Amendment, his assertion that New York City can withdraw all funds for the museum based on a single exhibition that he finds offensive illustrates a serious misunderstanding of the Constitution, just like we have here in Miami with all these goddamn right-wing old Cubans who don't believe in freedom of expression, who think that they can run this goddamn town and keep, like I told you before, the, the whole Dade County is being held hostage. Has been for years. 
Siegel, who discussed the controversy Sunday as a speaker at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Harlem, later said by telephone that government funding may not legally be withdrawn because public officials dislike particular works. You don't have an obligation to provide funding to the arts, but once you do, you can't defund a museum solely because public officials are displeased with the expression of the art, he said. The Brooklyn Museum's director, Arnold Lehman, has not publicly said what he'll do, but he has a reputation for standing firm on matters of artistic expression. Giuliani, meanwhile, defended his funding threat at a news conference uh, at at, uh, New Riverfront Park in in the West Village. There's nothing in the First Amendment that supports horrible and disgusting projects, Giuliani said. If you're going to use taxpayers' dollars, you have to be sensitive to the feelings of the public. One passerby heckled him as Adolf Giuliani. Another shouted, get your hands off our museums. The painting, the holy, and by the way, there's a whole bunch of these other uh, displays I was telling you about, you know, pigs, heads, and formaldehyde, etc. That's the way it is. They had, they showed it in Britain. They had a bunch of protests there. It was the most successful art exhibit they've had there in 50 years. You know those Brits. The painting, the Holy Virgin Mary, depicts Mary with dark skin, African features, and flowing robes. Oh, she was Jewish. She wasn't no sand flea. It features, yeah, see, George likes to refer to Jews as sand niggers. It features a shellac clump of elephant dung and two frozen cutouts of buttocks from pornographic magazines. The artist, Chris Ophelia, 30, a black Catholic who was born in England and lives there, said he used the pornographic images because classical images of Mary are often sexually charged, whatever that means. So here's this goofball. This is his thing. It was like Andy Warhol with a soup can, with a Campbell soup can. That was his idea of art, okay? People want to pay for that. People want to go to see it. That's their business, okay? That's what freedom of expression is all about. Not what the mayor thinks is tasteful or inoffensive. Not what the old Cubans here in town uh, think is is appropriate for some performer to be here because uh, they're Cubans or not, as the case may be. When does the embarrassment stop in this goddamn town? When the hell does some leadership come forward and say, hey, all you old Cubans, if you want to get back on a banana boat, that's fine. Come and we'll bring you a maybe a noche, and we'll see you at 8 o'clock tonight down at Mickey's uh, ships down there, okay, at the cruise ships. Otherwise, dummy up already and get with the program, or we'll send you back where you came from. We'll take away your visa and your goddamn American Express card, you crazy old farts. But you're not going to get that here. That's why the goddamn Pan Am games are gone forever here. That's why this town is the laughing stock of the goddamn world. Because there are no freedoms in uh, South Florida. The old Cubans are making sure of that in Dade County, and Ken Jenny is making sure of that in Broward County. So guess what, Adolph? Come on down, baby. You'll have a great time. Talk about a double set of standards. We say crap on the year, and the FCC wants to find us for it. I got a goddamn document here from our lawyers that weigh 600 goddamn pounds. The response to the FCC that wants to find us 35 grand for playing stuff and for uh, saying crap on the year and taking one. But they can go on the year and, uh, you know, promote civil disobedience and tie up the whole goddamn county, and nobody dares touch them. Hands off. And it's always been that way and always will be. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. It's uh, twelve fifty six at QAM. Sports 
powers you possess. Since you saved his life with your flying scissor knife, he's got a job for you to do. dung off your address people are starting to talk it's a minute after one at 560 wqam 5670560 pound 560 on the at&t wireless line yeah you got to understand that the uh, sex is evil so if god was going to come to earth he'd have to be uh, you know if god's son was going to be have to be the uh, uh son of a virgin has to be an immaculate conception so it's real clean there have only been about seven thousand religions with immaculate conceptions with all this other all these other bubble mices but thank God we got the right one this time, though. WQAM. Yes, appearing at next year's WQAM Celebrity Golf Tournament. WQAM. Hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's about one flight seat to Neil. Speaking. Neil. Yes. How you doing? Great. I'm calling you about the golf tournament Friday in OJ. Yes. I just have, I just got to make, I was there. I you're you're the first call we've had about that. Nobody seems yes. to care besides us. I got to leave you with just, I got to just leave you with a, with a, a visualization and a comment about OJ. Yes. And to see if this makes any sense. I see him playing golf. I'm there. And of course, he's got his golf glove on, and, and that's just a sight. The glove, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just seeing more. Was it a glove. bloody glove? <laughs> no, it wasn't bloody. But I'm standing on line with him waiting for uh, our Tony Romas. And he turns around, he's talking about Buffalo and how happy the Jet fans are that Vinny Tetta Verde went down. And he says, yeah, you Miami fans, thrilled to death now. You guys jump right up on top of the ASC. He goes, and then he says, you guys got really lucky you uh, got away with one last week in Arizona. No, oh, yeah. Here's OJ wearing a glove talking about how he's, he got he's away with He's the expert on getting away with two, as a matter of fact, not just with right. one. Two for the price of one. Right. I, it was just as unbelievable. And he did say he is definitely moving to South Florida. Oh, no. Yeah, the rumor mill was the rumor mill buzzing around. I thought he was moving to the Bahamas. Was the new uh, buzz? Now he's moving to Florida, and apparently he's going to be doing a talk radio show with Lawrence Taylor in June. You know something? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking the fan. I I don't know, but oh, he, from from your mouth to God's ears, sir. I definitely heard that he was moving here in June. To Florida and spoke on right. the radio show. All right. Thanks for the good news, sir. You got it. God bless you. How do you like that? And I hear, by the way, through the grapevine, that a lot of people were there, as usual, looking for autographs, sucking up to them. Oh, you know something? If they put him on the air. What's Barry Jackass going to do then? Talk about a red-faced uh, pudwhacker, huh? Those chubby cheeks of yours are going to be redder than usual, Barry. Because I can't think of anybody else putting them on. 
unless you don't think. Where has he got a larger fan base that you've seen in South Florida? He's got four already. Five. Sam, I've never seen four or five in the same place before. Sam, here. Greg, the water Nazi, Skuan, and of course, Roy! Five. I bet you our Marlin game tonight don't have that many people going to be listening. How do you like that, huh? That's the rumor we're just starting right now. OJ and LT coming to QAM. That's our response to all these changes. Take that, Clear Channel. Take that. You think you guys are so smart over there, huh? Mr. Big Shot Pete Bolger, huh? Take that. We got OJ. Who the hell needs all those other uh, Goyam? WQAM. WQAM. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, George, how's it going, man? Okay. I want to talk to you. I don't think so. It sounds like a phony voice. WQAM. Hey, Neil. How are you? Okay, sir. I'm really uh, pissed off. About? How come black people in general have an attitude problem? Good I question. I what you think about that. That's an excellent question. I don't know. Well, I'm really pissed off because, you know, even when I walk into a restaurant or anything like that, they get right in front of you. They cut you. They, they, don't, they don't give a crap about us. They cut you? Well, yeah, they they cut you like like OJ cut his wife up. Uh huh. And uh, that's all I have to say. I want to hear what you say about that. Let's get everybody riled up. <laughs> oh. Yeah, let's get everybody. It's only Monday, pal. Just ease off, okay? Just relax a little bit. We're taking care of OJ and uh, LT first. Then we'll take care of the rest, and then uh, Jesse Jackson. Then we'll worry about the rest of those farters later on, okay? Just one at a time. And then what OJ said, just one at a time. WQAM. Yes, sir. How you doing, guy? Okay. Uh, speak to Neil, please. Sure. Where are you calling from? Hollywood. Okay, let's go to Hollywood. Hello. Oh, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing, guy? Pretty good. Did I understand that I hear you correctly to say that the management of your station called you Friday live from the golf course? Not the management. And they expected you to put OJ on? One of our, yeah, our promotions director called and see what would we put him on the air. Well, they sure don't know you at all, do they? No. And I understand the uh, well, You don't know our promotion director. He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Dog ripped him one? Yes, he did. All right. Nice call, Mad Dog. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations to you, Neil. Mad Dog along with you. All right. That's all I got. God bless you, sir. God bless you. And I'll pray for you. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Yeah, OJ's coming to QAM. Yeah, let's hear it. OJ's coming to QAM. Get Tom Chick on the phone. OJ, 10 to 2 with LT. For a rip snorting good time, tune in QAM. WQAM. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, OJ and um, LT were playing in a group behind us yesterday at Doral. I think that's where he's going to move to. Yesterday they were still here? Yep, they were playing in a group. Uh, Isn't that interesting how birds of a feather kind of like uh, swing it together, huh? They waited on every shot for us. We were in front of them, and OJ can hardly walk. Mm. They had to walk down the hill oh! backwards. Great. <laughs> See you later, Neil. Okay, thanks. That was it. That's all. That's his opinion. He can barely walk, though. How do you like that? Oh. Well, you know those golf nerds. What do you expect? Some kind of intelligent commentary from no. golf nerds? No. Boy, this is good. Mm-mm. Oh, so I haven't told you yet about how to live longer. <coughs> oh. <coughs> Don't choke on a sandwich. That's not the answer. Oh, man, I just got a piece of uh, meat in my throat. Way down in there, too. <coughs> man, I really do that. WQAM. Yeah, I mean, speak to Neil, please. Speaking. Neil, how are you? Pretty good. Um, 
I have a joke for you. WQAM. WQAM. Yeah, you know what I want to know is who the hell is watching OJ's kid that he made such a big deal about that he wanted custody when he's out playing golf with his ball? Hey, he's got to play golf, man. That's the important well, thing. Where That's the hell is Sydney and Justin? Who the hell is watching them? That <laughs> they're on the, they're on divorce court with uh, Judge Judy. Yeah, isn't it so funny though? Think about it. He made his big deal how much he loves him. And he plays golf every week and leaves him alone three or four days at a time. Mm -hmm. What kind of father is that? Yeah, it's killing yeah. me thinking about it. No, well, I'm just saying. You know, the, the, the kid. You know, not only he took their, his mother away, now he's not even around <laughs> half the time. He's got probably got some bitch watching him. Right. Anyway, I hope OJ gets hit in the head by a lightning bolt. Okay, thanks. The 18th hole. Thank you so Bye. much. <laughs> WQIM. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. I am so glad to hear Father Phil is coming back. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a loyal listener to you. I've loved you. You're the only gay man I love, and I will not let it interfere with your show. There you go. Hey, can I call somebody a douchebag? No. 5670560. We're all done with the douchebags, okay? That's a chapter, the sorry chapter in my life that is closed, okay? It is closed. It is history. It is adios. <laughs> Let's hear it. Bye-bye. No more douchebags. Kind of juvenile, if you ask me. Nine minutes after one at 560. I mean, guys being juvenile, come on, that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, no more of that. 109 at QAM, we got Hank Goldberg. Oh, by the way, what did I do with that memo about where Hank's going to be going out again? I thought we were uh, cutting down on those. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. We're cutting back on those outside deals because we have so many technical problems and it's embarrassing and, you know, it's enough to get me all choked up and teary-eyed. with my knife why because I love you alright then I kill that other guy why because I love you oh white and flowers would do well but I decided what the hell I would rather slice you up instead Okay. I got three slips of paper under the door here during the break. I can't uh, say whose names are on them, but all three of the people said that if OJ comes in, they're going out. How do you like that? OJ comes on here here on QAM. Everybody's bailing out. Oh! So maybe we can have OJ all day. And then while he's out, uh, you know, taking a little stab at life, maybe uh, LT can, like, fill the breach. You know what I'm talking about? Fill the gap. Uh -huh. Fill the breach. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty for Rip Snorton time. It's the OJ and LT show. Oh! WQAM. The Mondays are so boring and pop. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. You mean to tell me that you don't know who at QAM 
dialed the phone and whored out the station and the sponsors and invited OJ to that damn golf tournament. No, I don't. Would, can you tell me? How would you know? I don't know, but, you know, we, the listeners sure would like to know. Man. Well, how am I going to find that out? So it's, it's like they keep it a big secret around here. There's nobody that's willing to, like, um, spill the guts, huh? Well, do you think that somebody around here would be bragging about it with all the fallout that's happened? You think somebody around here is going to be running the hall saying, I've done it? There's got to be somebody there who knows and, and is just dying to, to leak the damn information. Yeah. Well, if they can slip the uh, just an anonymous note under the door, we'll get it that's on there right a, away. That's an abomination. Amen. This, this whole damn thing took place. And, you know, if, if I was a sponsor and, and the good name of Center One right. uh, dragged through, you know, the, the sleeves. Not, not to mention all the people on the air here who promoted this, having been assured ahead of time, at least I was, that O.J. would have absolutely nothing to do with this. Another big lie. And, and also, by the way, you remember the last couple of days they gave us uh, promos to read that had the list of, you know, Don Strzok and this one and that one. Right. And uh, did, did O.J.'s name appear on that list? No. no. Did L.T. appear on that list? No. No. Another big lie, and maybe all the prostitutes and the whores over there can join LT and OJ and start their own radio station for all the whatever, you know what, to listen to. Okay. All Later. right. Thank you. There's a guy that's pissed off and fired up. It's about time we had somebody that was as outraged as we are. A disgrace. An absolute positive disgrace to the human race, what went on here on Friday. And, of course, just like the day that uh, Goofball Roy. came in here and was giving me a big song to dance about this very same issue on the air. Oh, it's a big joke. Everything to them is a big joke. Everything to them. You see, you can't worry about your own credibility when you don't have any. That's why we got so many people here. Credibility, what's that? Well, when you start screwing with other people's credibility, that's when we start getting pissed off and fired up, or however that goes. Pissed up in uh, your nose. WQAM. Good afternoon, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Uh, this morning, I wanted to let you know, I was watching the Today Show, and they had uh, a, a Catholic representative and someone from the ACLU talking about this Brooklyn Virginary excrement business, yes. That's right. Elephant and dung? The, uh, the ACLU guy pretty much wiped his ass with the Catholic guy, but what the, the argument the other guy kept making was that if we can't use government funds to promote any particular religion, how can we be using government funds to, to Catholic bash, as he kept saying? So that was his whole argument. But I That's a was, bunch of bull crap. I thought he was full of crap, but, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Katie Couric surely didn't have the balls to stand up to him on it either. So um, the other thing I want to let you know well, is... Well, you understand it's network TV. It's uh, yeah. right next to God. you got to understand that. Um, on Friday's show, when Mandish was out at the golf tournament, there was great, a great moment that I thought you should cart up. Um, he's interviewing Don Strzok, I think it's like in the first hour of the show, and right. someone comes over and he's messing with him, and manages like rips him in ass and tells him to screw up because he's trying to do a goddamn radio show. I heard so, that, yeah. Okay, so if you guys could pull that up, that would be great. Take it easy, Neil. Have a good day. Thanks. I'm pulling it up right now, okay? It just uh, flopped back down. It's the middle of lunch hour. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. How many people in this audience think that Greg Reed knew ahead of time that he was aware of all this? In fact, maybe even had a hand in arranging all these uh, activities. We're just thinking out loud because we're hearing a lot of very uh, sad stories here inside the building. And this is what happens when you consort with the wrong people. When I got home, I was madder than hell. I called up Greg Reed from home about this OJ business. Recounted the story just like I told it this morning and reminded him that I had been promised, I had been assured on my behalf and on behalf of Center One and everybody involved in this thing that OJ would not be invited, would not participate. And his response wasn't, oh my God, you mean to say that he actually showed up out there? It was nothing like that. It was like, oh well, who told you that? Who promised you that? 
And then after my conversation finished, come to find out, he came down here to George, who was a witness to these meetings that we had with Luann Winnick and Tracy Longon Carasado about this golf tournament. And I asked him the same thing. Who promised you that uh, O.J. wouldn't be there? As if, as if uh, it's difficult to understand why we wouldn't want to be associated with something that he was going to be involved in. And also that obnoxious day when Roy came down here in the middle of my show while I was on the air. And then started muttering uh, after chewing me out, why weren't we promoting this golf tournament, which our promotions guy had provided us with no information to promote it with. And then started muttering about, well, how come you don't want OJ? He was found innocent. I mean, this guy, these people, they live, they breathe, they sleep, they drink. OJ, OJ, OJ. I mean, I know Anita said OJ was good for you, but too much OJ will kill anything, you know, that moves with a machete. It's a disease, baby. It's an illness here in this building. It has to be carved out. Oops, sorry. Not a good, not a good expression. It has to be sliced out. WQAM. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing, sir? Okay. Um, I'm going to try my best to uh, take off work and go see the show. And I suggest everybody go see the Van Van show. Yeah. Because uh, we got to take this. Uh, County back from the uh, Cuban dictators, and we need to do this all together. Okay. This is crap. Right. See you, Neil. Okay, well, you have a good time, okay? I'll be in Broward that night myself. I'm not sure when it is, but I'll be in Broward. I just figured it out. I think I'm out of town that weekend. WQAM. Is this Neil? Yes, sir. Hi, Neil. Um, one question. Does Roy or Roy Foster have anything to do with Roy? Does he what? Does Foster have anything to do with this? Foster Hewitt? No, Roy Foster. Does he have anything to do with one? With O.J. coming here. I, I would say that if I were to start building a list of suspects, <laughs> that Roy's name, that Roy name, would be very close to the top of the list. Jeez. He would be in my top two candidates of suspects. Oh, man, I've lost all respect for that gentleman. Yeah. He used to be a good dolphin, but he's... Well, well why do you say gentleman? He and O.J., I mean, in other words, if... If association with O.J. is what your criterion is going to be for judging him, then uh, forget it because the two of them are tight, tight. Oh, wow. This is the man that was trying to get O.J. on the air on this radio station. What is he doing? What is he thinking? I think you're really pushing now when you use the word thinking. Yes. Have a great day, sir. Don't squeeze the juice. Okay. Was he using Roy and thinking in the same sentence? Is that what he was saying? Uh Uh-huh. Again, we're just thinking out loud here. I have no evidence, you know. We have no evidence. We got to bring in Colombo and we got to get Miss uh, Agatha Christie, whatever, whatever her name was, Miss Marble. In fact, you just stick Miss Marble's uh, thing in Colombo or Colombo's eye used to be. WQAM. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you today? Great. You're doing screenless, huh? I'm doing whatever I can. Trying to mix it up a little here today. Hey, Neil, how about this Underwood character? I had a guy turns out a million dollars. Yeah. And then he finds for like. Uh, Three, t- three quarters less than that. Right. And now he's committing suicide. Because he couldn't pay his child support. That's unbelievable. How do you like that? How stupid can people be, Neil? Well, I'm going to put a chapter in about him in my in my book called Sparks is Making Babies. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be very interesting. Okay, have a great day. And, of course, to do it there in Lansing, too, I, I take great umbrage with that, you know, especially after the Spartans beat Illinois there. Nice going there, Michigan State. Oh! Nice going, Billy Burke. Oh! Who don't look as good as, oh, poor Tommy Brady. Saw some of that Michigan game. I hope Mad Dog's listening today. Probably not. When Tommy Brady got hit like a goddamn uh, ham sandwich onto a counter. Wow.
head went bouncing off the uh, turf there in Wisconsin. A little concussion, maybe. Don't mess with our boy Tommy Brady, baby. I sat there with my head in my hands while I was watching that. In fact, before I was watching that, because Tommy Brady was on, I already had my head in my hand. He's a very handsome young man. That you is can't correct. see that. Exactly. WQAM. WQAM. George. Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are you, man? Okay. Could I speak to Neil? Where are you calling from? Uh, Pembroke Pines. Okay, let's go to Pembroke Pines. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Okay. Neil, uh, what are your comments about Demetrius? OF, I think is what he said. They say uh, something under his breath. OF. I just got through saying it, man. What are my comments about Demetrius Underwood, huh? What are my comments? How's this for a comment about somebody that slashes himself in the neck? Yeah. But why is everybody talking only about him and the fact, not the fact that Jimmy, we could be special Johnson, is the one that tied his ass up? As in, oh, hey, we got nothing to lose, you know? Nothing to lose except maybe our self-respect, kind of like here at QAM. How can you lose your self-respect when you don't have any? Don't forget, by the way, Hank won't be on today. We got the OJLT show at 2 this afternoon. Hank don't know it yet. You're going to have to, who's going to break it to him? You think uh, Jason, Josh? Well, uh, Bluff, I mean, ordinarily the program director would tell a guy something like that, but he gets so emotional, you know? OJ and LT to the six. Oh. Take that, Pete Bolger, you jackass. Yeah, I think we're going to have a big uh, stogie. We're going to pull one in our puss and celebrate today in honor of all this new programming here in the market, in honor of all this good stuff going on. Are you sure? Positive, man. It's an exciting time to be alive here in South Florida. Wake up with the first team. Joe Rose, Jeff DeForest, and Steve Goldstein. No. Weekday mornings at 6, only on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I don't give a shit anymore. Listen to me. This is Stan Feinstein for Sofa King. You understand? Where everything is held to the high Sofa King standards. The selection isn't just huge, it's Sofa King huge. Believe me, you'll never shop anywhere else. And Sofa King's prices aren't just low, they're Sofa King low. You'll never find them anywhere else. Listen to me. When I say Sofa King has a beautiful store, I mean Sofa King beautiful. When I say staff is helpful, I mean Sofa King helpful. Listen to me. Get to know the Sofa King and enjoy a selection that's Sofa King huge. A staff that's Sofa King courteous and prices that are Sofa King low. You'll never shop anywhere else. But don't take it from me. Take it from satisfied customer Frank and Stein. Uh, Sofa King good. You said it, Frankie. Sofa King good. I don't want to be a program. I'm sorry. It's a 131. Well, I just keep I just keep uh, conjuring up the image of Friday. Get off your duff. It's a very emotional time here at about 1:30 when this OJ story broke. Get off your duff. And there were a lot of people getting very uh, hysterical, very high-strung people. Uh, you know, squirting a few here and there. Five six seven oh five oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT&T wireless line. A little bit of a new uh, twist here today. A little more Neil, a little less of uh, some of these callers. And, you know, it's, we're already making a little bit of progress. But uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. wasn't built in a day. It takes a little bit of time. You'll see. It'll be a perfect fit. WQAM. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I want to play something from Neil. Okay. Where are you mm-hmm. calling from? Where am I calling from? Yeah. Palm Beach. Okay, here's a call from Palm Beach. Hello. Hey, I got something to play for you. Okay. We got that. Thank God I'm a pubic here. Some bubble. 
Oh, okay, thanks, sweetheart. Uh, we got it from better quality, but thanks for the effort. It was, it was all right. It was okay on a scale of, uh, scale of zero. It was like a minus. Oh! It was no letter to my But peanut. her intentions were good. She had it all queued up there, and you peed on her parade. God damn it. We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this whole thing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised with all the connections we got with the limo drivers out there. That's the way to go about this. We'll find out from the limo driver who paid for OJ and LT to go to that goddamn Lago Mara on uh, Friday. That would be a good way to approach this thing, huh? Would that be the ultimate embarrassment? We got people around here waiting to get their bonuses, people who wait and wait and wait months to get paid. Wouldn't that be something if a place that's always crying poor mouth, a place that makes the employees buy their own uh, station uh, trinkets, T-shirts, and the crap? I can't believe in a million years. Only fifty dollars. Sure, I can. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? Okay. If OJ moves here, which is inevitable, I think people ought to do what we, my family, did. We're all moving out. That's right. We're all going to leave it to him. Well, better than that. When we went to L.A. a few years ago, I found his house in Rockingham. As my wife and daughter hid in the car, I turned up the cassette player full blast. I played one of your old tapes with the wife, <laughs> and I was outside there, and I made quite a commotion there. Great. And I'm only sorry somebody didn't bring a boombox to the golf course. That's what people need to do. I hope this guy was wrong, because I read over the weekend in one of the tabloids, which I always read on a plane to kill a lot of good time, I was reading that uh, it looks like he's moving to the Bahamas or somewhere now, which, believe me, if there was ever a match made in heaven, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's, he's as hospitable as they are. Yeah. Uh, you once mentioned, what were you mentioning, uh, classic calls you had over the years. I have it on tape still. Do you remember the guy who once called you? It had to do with the, uh, the big important story of the day was the, the stamp, whether it should be the young or the old fat Elvis. And this guy was dead serious. Oh, yeah. The, the, the anesthesia stamp. Yeah, we have that. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. All right, last but not least. Yes, sir. As, um... My daughter got shined. I called you a few months ago how you were talking about the radio stations here buying the audience. Right. My daughter entered this contest with Y100, and at the end, after she had won and did jump through all their hoops, they found out, oh, you're not 21. Uh, you, well, you can't have the prize. We'll send you Well, who the hell on Y100 is 21 anyway? They got nobody listening over the age of 19. Well, they shined her basically because they didn't tell her originally when the contest ran that you had to be over 21 to win these free tickets. Phony contest at Y100 again. They well, once uh, got in big trouble over that years ago. Well, it's three months since I last called you, and I think I'll tell you now, she's still waiting for the stinking freaking movie tickets. How do you like that? Have a good day. Thanks. It's a killer, you know. Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Yeah, hi. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Well, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, this fraternity business that you mentioned. And hey, I just wanted to ask you, do you have any best friends, and how long have you had those best friends for? Well, what does that mean? Well, it, it means... What does that have to do with this? It has to do Every, with... Everybody's with, uh, got best friends. I mean, okay, if they have any has, friends at all, sure. It has to do with a fraternity, and, and uh, not necessarily taking showers or or all the other hazing and whatnot that goes on, but it has to do with hanging out with a bunch of guys. I have, I, have two, with... I have two best friends. One is straight, one is gay. I've never had sex with either one of them. I've never seen either one of them naked, nor have any desire to do either one of the above. Okay, in a fraternity... Don't take showers with them. Don't snap a, towels in, at them. All right, in a fraternity house, we don't uh, socialize by taking showers together. If a guy takes a shower and the other guy's got to go to class, he goes in the shower as well. It's not a question of socializing in the shower. No, I'm not talking about socializing in the shower fraternities. We're talking about hazing and initiations okay, at fraternities me, and group I'll, sex. I'll tell you about hazing and initiation. 
when you are when you when, when you're in the age of adolescence, 18, 19, and you're trying to find yourself in college, whatever it may college may be, fraternities lend itself to putting a bunch of guys that are like you. When I say like you, I mean they like the same interests, they play the same sports. They're a group of guys together that automatically, for some reason, I can't explain why, become your good friends for life. Now, when you have a good friend, and like I mentioned to you, when you have a best friend or mm-hmm. someone who's a good friend of yours, you share experiences with them. And part of becoming you mean a sexual best friend, experiences? No. Well, it could be. It could be uh, two guys on a girl. It could be two girls on, uh, on two guys. It could be, uh, you know, uh, in the bathroom, four guys taking showers with four girls. The experience, sexual or non-sexual, is irrelevant. No, no, it is not. It's not irrelevant at all. Of course it is. No, it is not. When you're in a fraternity, your your goals are to make friends. Because because you have friends. Sir, because you have a best friend or a bunch of good friends doesn't mean, A, that you take showers with them because you're going to be friends for a long time, and B, certainly doesn't mean that you share sexual experiences with them or that you have group sex with them. You you know, some of the – I belong to a health club. And in the health club that I belong to, it's, it's a completely heterosexual health club. Yeah. But the shower is a shower with uh, with six stalls on it. Now, do you think that I become part of that health club so that I can work out with guys and then go take showers? I, I have no Absolutely. idea. Well, you no, can but, answer that question. Okay. But that has nothing to do. I'll, I'll I'll I'll, I will question. tell you this. There are plenty of guys who do, but that's beside All the right. point. That's besides the point. Me, personally, I do not. That's I don't a feel- bastion of homosexual activity is I in uh, health clubs. I do not go and join a fraternity. No, we we believe you. Don't, don't sound okay. offensive. We believe you, yeah. The point of a fraternity and communal yeah. showers and group sex and whatnot is not a question of What is the point of, of group sex? The point of a fraternity and hazing and the point of becoming yeah, close to one of another. What is the point of making so, other? What is the point of making the young kids get naked? I'll, t- what is the I'll point tell of you. That? I'll tell you exactly Please. what it is. Uh-huh. I'll tell you. I'll give you a, a straightforward answer. Please, a straight when answer. You belong, when you belong to a fraternity, and I'll say it again, you belong to a bunch of guys that are going to be your friends for life. And part of the So why, why does that require okay, them getting let, naked for you? Let me finish. Part of the experience of having a best friend, whether it may be a best friend that you play soccer with or may, whether it may be a best friend that you go out drinking with, yeah. is you share, you share intimate moments, not, not sexual. Intimate moments? Not, not, not sexual. When I say intimate, I don't mean sexual. I mean intimate in the sense that you will not share that kind of experience with anybody else who's not your friend. For example, sir, you know something. This sounds so faggy to me that even I'm embarrassed for you, sir. You want to know? Sounds very faggy to me. Running through the beach naked with a bunch of guys, you're never going to share experience with anybody else. Not even your wife or your kids or any other friends that you. Why would you want to run? Why would you want to run through the beach naked with a bunch of guys? Why do you want to do that? Hold on. Hazing is not a question of you want to. You don't have a choice. Right. Because one Right, and when, why do you want to force these kids to be naked? Why okay. do they always have to take their clothes off, my uh, my closet on a, friend? On an everyday That hangs experience. out at the showers at the gym. Why don't you no. tell me the real story here, pal? On, a, on an everyday experience, people do not in a fraternity walk around naked, nor do they naked no, experience. No, stop obfuscating. Stop with the smoke screen. Stop with the steam in the steam bath, okay? Let's get you know back what? to the meat of the matter. Tell me why you want to see make these guys get naked. What I is that all about? It's a matter of respect. It's a matter respect of, for what? No, it's a matter of lack of respect for them of, by you. No, it's a matter of lack not. of respect. If no. I respect somebody, I'm not going to force I, them to uh, degrade themselves and embarrass and humiliate themselves well, in order to be part man, of my let me club. Ask you a question: If you're going to be part of a particular group of friends and guys 
who says that? Sir, I'm, I want to tell you. I want to tell you this. Yeah, I want to tell you this. Okay, without any more discussion, it's very simple. A child could tell you. If somebody demands that I get naked in order to be their friend, I'll pass. Okay. There's a good message for all you kids out there. If any other male. Your age, older, whatever age, if they demand that you take your clothes off and engage in some kind of naked hanky-panky in order to be a part of their club, in order to be their buddy, in order to be their pal, run like a bandit. Run like a son of a bitch. That's the best call I've ever had in my life. Amen. See, now I understand the thing about Rimmer thinking he was my best friend because the last time when he was over to the house a couple of weeks ago to bring me the Panther tickets, he was asking if I wanted to take a shower with him. This is 560 QAM. Oh, man. bad Because, you know, the sale of a three by four, you know, it annoys the number seven. I got no food. I tell you, man, I'm a little crazy. We said, right, I didn't do nothing with a knife on the man. I said, with that. Some people like, we said, with a real man. And he said, with a little, you know, they call it, trying to, you know, bubbles and said, man, or whatever, bubbles and reasons. I didn't do nothing with it. So, what am I sure you like that? You understand, man? Oh, man, she was doing so much with me so much every time, man. I didn't do nothing. I'm the back of the hand. I didn't do nothing, man. White food, brango, you know, so I was going to ask the good of my head, you know what? But I didn't know good of my head because you know, I finally had to go to my head. So I was going to go to my head, you know what I'm saying? Hey, well, I just don't know what's going on. I'm going to blow the glove and the case over the bump in the night, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to the night, I'm going to go to the drop on the floor, I'm going to stay in the world, there's a little light going on in the middle of the night, there's a little noise in the middle of the night, and I'm going to go to the GMA, 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 so what's he saying there? Kill Nicole. Okay. Kill Nicole. 146 at 560 WQM. The Hank Goldberg Show uh, scheduled at 2 o'clock. Hank's over there at Chula's. He thinks he's doing a show. OJ and LT are going to be on from in the studio. They're in the building already. You know something? If it turns out, it, it couldn't be. Could it? Could it be us? You think? Uh-huh. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's uh, somewhere. Hello, WQAM. Neil, I wonder. Uh, I'm calling from Boca. Like I, I said, here's Boca. Hello. I wonder if you're aware of the growing scandal that's going on here in Boca. And what is that? Uh, the Italians are trying to muscle into the Jewish deli business. Uh huh. Very upset about it. Yeah. Yes. There's a growing. Well, war. next thing you know, the Jews will be trying to muscle into the pizza business like a pizza log. There's a growing war out here, Neil. Between, yeah. Between um. Oh. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the exciting news. WQAM. WQAM. Hi. Yes, sir. Hi. I'd like to speak to Neil. Where are you calling from? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. Hi. Listen. Uh, Wondering if you happened to see uh, yesterday's local section, Fort Lauderdale paper, where uh, Ken Jen is standing in front of the picture, uh, the map of Broward County, how he's planning on taking over every place. Yeah. Uh, he's planning on moving in so he can run from there. Yeah. I don't know if that's such exciting. I noticed he's starting to draw a little mustache, too. You notice that? Oh, yeah. He wants to get that hipper you thing going, yeah. too. He's working on it. Okay. Thanks for the good news, sir. I'll check it out. Yeah, Ken Jenny and uh, Broward, and of course, they don't need a Ken Jenny and Dave because you got all the old Cubans who are at Domino Park with their uh, Spanish radio language stations going 24 hours a day, urging civil dis disobedience and causing enormous strife and chaos everywhere they can here in South Florida. Unbelievable. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line, WQAM. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm calling to speak to Neil. Where are you calling from? Princeton. Princeton, New Jersey? No, Princeton. Oh, Princeton, Florida. Okay, hold on. Okay, here's a call in Princeton. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Okay. 
this thing with the uh, OJ. Yes. Um, it was on uh, Channel Ten the other night, and um, some guy named Sam. I can't think of his last name from WQAM. Sam Doucheman, yeah. Sam Douche, right? Mm-hmm. He clearly indicated that WQAM had sponsored this thing with OJ. The that they, they invited him and they provided all the services for him. So if you want to know who paid for his limo, that's the guy. That's well, well, what what did he say? Now I, I find that just astonishing. Uh, to what, what what words did he say? I mean, as best you can remember. Well, as best as I can remember, Neil, he was interviewed and this and, is Sam Douche. Yeah, Sam. He was on Channel Ten, and you know how the media. Can can put stories together and and they they showed WQAM and then they showed Jim Mad Dog Mandich and then they showed OJ and they made it seem like well, what, every, what did Mandich have to do with it? No, Mandich didn't say anything, but the media made it seem Mandich like ripped him an ass. Like Mandich was all in with this, really. Okay? And then afterwards they said, and Sam he said, oh well, we're very proud to have OJ and he's a celebrity. And this is a celebrity golf tournament, and that's the reason we invited him, and that's the reason we provided the services for him to get there. I don't believe it. There is no doubt, Neil, that that this guy and and Greg Reed and his whole bunch of croonies, they did this. No doubt about it. It was on Channel 10. I mean, this guy was clearly, I mean, he was gloating. He was gloating that we had O.J. in this tournament. Unbelievable. Clearly, Neil, they, they, it was all planned. They didn't want to mention it to you because they know you were going to rip him in the ass if they had. So they just kept it in, under under the no, clock. This was in violation of an agreement that we had to do this thing in the first place. Well, Neil, the center, I, one, the center one people didn't want to be associated with OJ. I didn't want to be associated with OJ. I'm sure that nobody else on this radio station, I can't speak for him, but I have my feelings. I know Mandich made it real clear the other day. Oh. I bet you nobody else on this station wants to be affiliated with OJ. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, when Mandich, as soon as he came on the radio, Ripped he made clear that he wasn't going to have any axe murderers.